Some of the content of Patriots Unfiltered may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world's original podcast. Welcome to Patriots Unfiltered. You know how other teams are just kind of reveling in this. It's like finally, you know, the you know we're getting they're getting their comeuppance. You know, everyone's but, against us, Paul. I, yeah. I, I, I forget do think that. that, but I not anymore. It, you know, the You're irrelevant this, now, this... and I do not have the highest regard for Mike Florio, as you know. Terry Bradshaw's still alive, by the way. Jackson Smith and Jigbo's at Fenway last night with the Red Sox. Guess where he's not coming? Here. He's already here. Like you, you don't even need to pay for the flight. So he called coaches that he's worked with in the past that he trusts, and that's a problem. But think about Bill. Think about. I'm done thinking about. No, Bill. I know, but. But think like, of- do said what I am trying to say in a much nicer way because I'm just fed up with this <laughs> BS. Uh, in uh, Smith and Jing, yeah, the Jing, perfect, yep. Jingba. Like, there's a million cars I can't afford, right? Yeah, because of you. If I'm Mac and I play great this year, I tell the team to go pound sand. Yeah. This is Patriots Unfiltered, fueled by Duncan. All right, welcome into Patriots Unfiltered. We have a very special show for you today, ladies and gentlemen, as uh, our two dads are away. Uh, Paul and Fred are at the very important Hall of Fame meeting, not not the Pro Football very Hall of prestigious. Fame, the Patriots Hall of Fame. So uh, they're over there at a catered lunch right now, I'm sure, getting to talk about former Patriots greats to decide who will be on the ballot for the fans to go in next. So uh, unfortunately for you guys, that means you're stuck with, I, I, I can't call us the kids. I'm way too it's old to Deuce be a and kid. Do some the kids. All right, <laughs> I like when you go to Thanksgiving and you get stuck at the kids' table. <laughs> That's all right. I like the kids' table. I like all you guys. So who knows? Uh, Chicken fingers and French fries coming next. Well, You're I the mean, uncle that is he's the kind cool of a uncle. loose cannon nah. at the adult table. He's going to probably spark some controversy, So, but you're young and hip enough to get relegated to the kids. I like it. I just hope I don't spark any controversy uh, here today. Nothing uh, could be worse than what we just heard in, like introing the show. I, feel I, like I, I, I told Deuce <laughs> I'm going to keep my cool. I'm going to keep my cool today. It's, I'm not going to do it. Not going to let it get to me. No, we're, we're definitely going to get Evan to, to <laughs> have it get to him. <laughs> no. uh, absolutely. I'm, I'm over well, here. according to Evan's Twitter this morning, he said the Patriots, if they show this much interest in Zay Flowers and don't pick him, like he's going to be very upset. So. Yeah. I'm going to be crushed. I've been doing uh, breathing exercises like our quarterback, <laughs> uh, preparing myself for the first round of the draft because preparing I, to trade out. I don't want to lose lose it on the draft show when when they take Bijan Robinson in the first round. So I've been I've been working on finding my center and and staying calm. I, I got a good video idea of if they don't draft Zay Flowers, it's just Evan kinda walking down the street and he just sees, you know, some beautiful spring flowers and just and then that TikTok sound that's like, I try not to kill myself. And then I just start r- running through the whole oh thing and you know, with the machete or something. Wait, Wait geez. but who knows? You know, Evan does have recency bias. Maybe there's still some time for him to, you know, flip on that situation. And he might, uh, by, right. then, by then he might be on B. He'll John be Robinson. So, right. so I'll tell you, because some people ask me this, they're like, when's the moment that you fell in love with Zay Flowers? Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, it Do was you any romantic music there, man. It was at the Shrine Bowl. And we were talking to him the day before practices started. And I, I did that, that feature on him for Patriots.com. And I was like, are, are you going to practice this week? And he was like, you know what? Uh, my dad, who I think is a big part of his football life, it said, you know, is tell- and my agent are telling me not to because I, I don't need to practice. I have nothing to prove. But I'm getting sick and tired of hearing people say I'm not that good. 
and I'm just going to go out there and practice anyways. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know what? I, I, love, to I love the story also about his dad, but when he could have transferred from B.C., to and, USC. Right. Just, yeah. And the NIL money was calling and his dad was like, they're the only ones who wanted you when no one wanted That's what you. he, yeah, that he talked a little bit about dad and he, he mentioned the, that exact story and I looked into it a little bit more and, and they actually offered Jordan Addison and Zay Flowers an NIL deal to come play at USC for a season and Addison obviously took the bag and, and Flowers didn't. I'm not saying that's like a bad knock on Addison necessarily, but he's a he's a really faithful guy and he committed to the Shrine Bowl early on in the process and then the Senior Bowl came calling and he said, I'm already going to the Shrine even though he probably belonged at the Senior Bowl. He stuck uh, with the people at the Shrine Bowl too, so he's a very consistent dude in that. Yeah, if you're wondering why we're uh, we're right on say Flowers, there was a tweet this morning from Tom Pelissero who said uh, that yesterday Flowers landed at like 6 a.m. off a of red eye, came right here and and jumped into the fire with, with Bill O'Brien and, and you know learning the offense, which you know Evan and I were saying he's probably got a foundation in it that he got out at the Shrine Bowl and and this is probably like quiz time, which I'm sure we've all taken red eyes and you certainly have getting off the red <laughs> eye that one show I, this oh, <laughs> yeah well that and that which was like I was leaning into it I'm like I know I'm going to be a mess I know I'm going to say all kinds of wrong things I think I dropped uh, my dropped first f bomb that day <laughs> uh, hopefully Zay Flowers didn't well I, he probably did with Billy O uh, probably a good thing for him. Uh, but there's just no question. He's a local kid. He's what they need. He's an exciting playmaker. And, you know, every time you talk about him, it's it's you, the energy around the team right now and all the max stuff we'll get into a little bit. But there was one guy that they could select at 14th overall that would all of a sudden maybe reinvigorate people and get them kind of on board with, all right, let's see what Max got with this. And, uh, and one other point I would make, too, like in Max – like, Mac did the same thing. Mac won the national championship, still went to the Senior Bowl and practiced and showed, you know, threw it two different pro days. That was, you know, the COVID year when they didn't have the combine. So, I uh, love that stuff from Zay Flowers. And I don't think anybody can say you wouldn't be thrilled about that pick. Is anybody going to call in? I mean, I hope, I'm sure there's somebody out there, uh, one of our yeah, listeners, I'm that sure. wouldn't be thrilled. But what a, what a pick. And, and, and the Boston College local thing, that, yeah, that feeds into me, too. that's why I wonder if they work out together. I've never seen anything about it, but they just put up that new field house. Great place for Mac to go throw and great great option for him to throw to. Up at BC and Chestnut Hill, the heights. <laughs> I just – I think I, – and I speak for all Patriots fans when I, when I say this, I hope, is that aren't you just sick of them passing on these star receivers in the draft and then watching Justin Jefferson just – go off in Minnesota or DK Metcalf with the Seahawks or Debo with the Niners. Like, aren't you, as Patriots fans, you got to just be tired of, all, you know, they, they brought A.J. Brown in for a visit. They're showing interest in top receivers. And, and then we know what happens. And I, I just feel like at some point you got you to gotta just take one of these guys. And with Zay, they've been on him since the Shrine Bowl. They worked with him there. Now they're bringing him in for this visit. Like, why are you wasting this much time with a guy that you're not interested in yeah. and you're not going to take. It I just also, doesn't make sense. I also like that he's a star, but he also has like a great like great character and a great personality in the sense of like he's not a huge like diva or like going to be a problem for you, or at least we hope not. I think that yeah. he carries himself like very well. Yeah. Um, and he that's seems loyal, they, yeah. loyal to people who yeah. believed in him, and I think that's always a good trait. To I have. don't think he'll be a problem off the field. I think he's – Talented a lot of those people, and also a great person. A lot of the coaches and stuff at BC when I was at their pro day just said he's the same guy that he was when he walked onto campus mm. four years ago. Yeah. You know, and he's had a lot of 
buzz and hype about him, especially now in the draft, and he's just kind of hasn't changed. And uh, you look at like his quarterback play too at BC. We talked about this a little bit on the draft pods. Like he's he's catching he's five foot nine, but he's making all these acrobatic catches because his quarterbacks weren't so great, mm-hmm. and he's still plucking the ball and bringing it in. And I, I don't know. I just I I can't understand it. Like how do you just how do you get this? much knowledge and this much information and don't do this much homework on a player like that and then come draft night i'm i'm pre-mad about something they haven't done yet i get that but come draft night you just go eh, no no thanks like I, I just can't see that yeah unless he totally blew it yesterday and was like i don't i don't remember i don't yeah. remember <laughs> i also think that too like um there's not as much fear with drafting a wide receiver in the first round and, and potentially not being able to develop him i feel like Zay will do everything in his power to make sure like he continues to see it better. Yeah. Um, whereas I don't know what happened with Nikhil Harry. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to know what <laughs> happened there. Um, but I think before I was kind of like fearful of if we draft a first round wide receiver and are, are not able to develop him and it doesn't work out like Nikhil Harry. Yeah. It's kind of scary. I mean, I think Nikhil Harry had you know issues coming in, but I, I would say I think part of the problem for him was that he got hurt like mm-hmm. almost right away in camp. And then he missed all that time. And, and, you know, it's just especially for any rookie in any system, you just get behind that eight ball. And maybe here specifically, once you're behind, it's even harder to kind of catch up. And, you know, when when Tom Brady was here to earn, you know, earn his trust, those kind of things. But it'd be a great sign. You know, I think for Mac, too, I think Mac would would love it, would Mm -hmm. see, you know, one of his guys. And, you know, I did want to I did want to just bring up because we spent so much time on that Mike Florio report on Tuesday's show just to bring up, you know, Couple reports from Mark Daniels, Jeff Howe, saying that they called around, and you know it's kind of news to their sources that that Mac was available. So, you know, you believe what you want. I know Mike Florio was the only one to to kind of come out with that. There's you know some stuff from Dan Patrick today too, which we don't have to get into. But you know, I think it's just fair to mention that that there was some pushback on that in terms of you know were they shopping him? Was it just a conversation? Not to say that I think Mike Florio is going to make stuff up, but you also like Fred insinuated there can be motivation for other teams to put information out there and I would or agents agents I mean, probably agents mm-hmm. really um, which I would also connect to the reports that we kind of gotten in mock drafts with Bijan Robinson which uh, Jeff Howe another report by him and I you know Evan is, is, is grimacing right now <laughs> um, but we are in silly season and I think that's important to mention right now what are we we're three weeks away today from the first round of the draft and this is when all the misinformation and you know so was Evan and I were texting I mean if you're the Patriots, wouldn't you love it if you're hey, B. John Robinson? He's good, but what we'd really love is for someone to think we want him to trade up above us, and then a Zay Flowers, uh, you know, one of the tackles, somebody they might have their eye on could get pushed down. So it's I think always a mind game. It's always it a mind game, especially right now when we're three weeks in, and that's just something important. Don't believe everything you read, but it does seem like somebody wants that information out there. But I, I think like when I saw that report, I was landing, and I was like, it's kind of believable. If you think about it, just because we haven't really gotten a straight answer from Bill. We were right in front of Bill at in yeah. owners' meetings where he said everybody's going to have a chance to play when it, the question was asked if Bailey Zappi would be competing against him. Obviously, Bill never answers the question straight anyways. But I think it's very intriguing that he said he's never really said Mac's our guy. He's always like, Mac is a quarterback in this league. Everybody will have a chance to play. Like he's never fully committed (laughs) to quarterback. Yeah, Mac is a quarterback. Yes, he is. We know this, and so I think that there there is something in me that's like that that could potentially be true. And we also see that the Raiders are stealing 
not stealing, Can but we send taking. them a cease and desist at this point? <laughs> like, all I mean, it wouldn't be surprising to see Matt go there with the way everybody's been going there. Well, it would have it happened before you Matt know, Garoppolo, right? I mean, that, that would have been Or he could come behind Garoppolo and learn from him. I, I mean, I, I think you make a good point, Tamara. And the, the people that are just like dismissed it out of hand, I feel like we're not really paying attention to mm-hmm. the last four months of how he's kind of been treated. And... You know, it's it's you mentioned Jacoby leaves, you know, so there, there are a lot of things up against it right now. But I don't think any of us want to spend the whole uh, day. Nope. T- not, I'm not <laughs> I'm not getting I'm not getting frustrated <laughs> about this, but <laughs> I, will, I, I, I want to say one thing about it. And I'm not going to I'm not doing it today. I'm not doing <laughs> it. I'm not letting this get to me. I, I think the one thing that the reason why I get so frustrated and why I got so frustrated about it on Tuesday is because. I was here in 2018 and 2019 when the relationship between Bill Belichick and Tom Brady deteriorated to the point where Brady left. And that, to me, I, everybody makes that about the contract. And all. that, to me, was two people that it was like a divorce, right? It was two people that just fell out of love with Irreconcilable each other. Irreconcilable differences. Right. They, <laughs> that was a personal relationship issue. The, the money and all that other stuff... I ultimately think that they would have made all that work if Brady came to the table and said, I'm not going anywhere. Like, this is where I want to be and I'm staying. My point being is that whether there's a rift or not, whether he's on the trade block or not, there's clearly some sort of reluctance on Bill Belichick's part with Mac Jones to anoint him, make him the starter, name him the starter publicly. And at this point, we're going on now the second quarterback that Bill has sort of been at odds with. And at what point do we look in the at the situation and say there's a common denominator here? Yeah. Like two different quarterbacks, Brady obviously a little bit more, <laughs> a little bit more, a lot more <laughs> of a star than Mac Jones, but Mac Jones is also a name brand. Like he's a quarterback that people know. He played at Alabama. He's a first-round pick. And now we have two quarterbacks with, with at least a little bit of name recognition if you don't want to – call give mac anything more than that that are not exactly getting along with bill belichick and and i think at some point in time uh, you have to look and and see the situation objectively that the common denominator here is bill and and i think once upon a time with it go all the way back to lawyer malloy right like that was the first guy i can i can remember having some issues with bill you know dion branch logan makins asante samuel clearly continues to talk about it to this day you were good enough to get over those things right you were good enough to trade dion branch you were good enough to dump lawrence uh, or uh, lawyer malloy excuse me but are you good enough now to be alienating good football players and i i just i don't think you are yeah that's a huge thing i mean i would say that you know a lot of those were contract related and those guys you know whether it was having to take pay cuts wanting new contracts that he wasn't willing to bend you know bend on so i mean i do think that this is a little bit different and not in a great way because this isn't as cut and dry as that it isn't just mac wants more money and they don't want to give it to him um but you know you're right. It's just I don't I don't think they can hit the reset button right now on Mac and and then go to what you know. So that's the thing is like if you're telling me that it's Mac or Lamar Jackson, then we've all had this conversation already on this show, and everybody knows where I stand and where I'm sure we all stand. But if it's just we don't we need to get rid of Mac because I don't like the kid, that's yeah. not a good enough answer to me. Yeah, it's just not good enough. You know, if there's a great alternative, that's one thing. But to go back into the quarterback carousel just because Mac pouted last season because you made Matt Patricia the offensive coordinator, that's 
that doesn't do it for me. I saw no. something kind of interesting. I don't know how much credence I'm putting into it, but just regarding how Mac allegedly went outside of the Patriots to try to seek help with the offense and then have how Brian Hoyer and Jacoby both had spoken with reporters about the offense's dysfunction. And now those are two guys that were shipped out and then which didn't make like necessarily a ton of sense. And then now Mac, obviously these rumors, um, I, f- I forget who I saw kind of speculating on that scenario, but there's a lot going on mm-hmm. and, uh, and we're off to a rip roaring start here. I think I've worked through just about everything I had planned to talk about in the first 16 <laughs> minutes of the show, but we of course would love to hear from you guys. Uh, give us a call 888-PATS-500. Uh, shoot us an email, webradio at patriots.com. We've already got some emails uh, coming in. I, I also just wanted to set the table a little bit and, and I apologize, girls, because I know you uh, you didn't spend your 90s and, and aughts watching <laughs> as Super Patriots fans, but, but Paul and, and Fred are o- over there and they're going to be discussing some names and I'm sure the fans have plenty of strong opinions. A few of the names that I, I know are, are, are probably going to be up, names that have been recently up, Parcells, uh, Mike Vrabel, which is, you know, my, my guy, continues to be there. Logan Mankins, uh, Wes Welker uh, is available as well. And, and, and I, and I, I, Brady, is this, I, I don't know. Is Brady, like, could they possibly come out of there and say, like, we're going to put Brady in? Like, I, I don't so know. So I asked that question when we were talking about it. I asked Paul if – that was when we were talking about ways to to honor Brady now that he's we think officially yeah. retired and <laughs> and I I just asked well what about just putting him into the Patriots Hall of Fame without a voting process and without the grace period and all I mean are we really is he not going to win the fan vote like <laughs> are we what are we wasting our time here uh, with that so I I wouldn't be surprised if if they discuss that today yeah. and, and maybe go that direction a lot of a lot of other coaches too that are you know ivan fears dante scarnecchia all these different guys that you know possibly could be in this process as well but uh i I just i love the bill parcells of it all which is just such a a great debate point um you know i've said my piece i've kind of come around to it and i'm kind of open to him being in in the hall of fame stop it (laughs) i mean i feel like he set the stage you you want to put a 500 coach in the hall of fame well, I, his, and a, his drafts his drafts were really good. A coach, he brought in Bill Belichick, a coach that was halfway out the door then during I, a no, Super Bowl. Yeah, run? And that's a that's a valid counter, and Fred make that point too. Um, but I but I have to see, speak from my own experience as a Patriots fan who witnessed one win seasons. He completely changed everything here for me, and it suddenly made the Patriots seem like instead of an also ran. And I know I'm probably in the minority here, and people you know can call in and, and yell at me. And I'm not saying I'm pa- I'm pounding the table for it, but. I just can't ignore, my, you know, 15, 16-year-old Mike Tuso, whatever I was when they finally hired him. And it was like, oh, my gosh, we have, like, an actual team now, you know. And, you know, to go from that point, I'm trying to think of a team right now that, that might be a good example that, you know, just has been absolute trash. And then within two years, you've got a franchise quarterback. You've got a franchise running back who unfortunately lose. You've got the makings of a, de- a defense that would dominate the following decade. And you go to a Super Bowl. Now, everything you said, Evan, is, is totally right. And the fact that he was on the phone with the Jets of all teams, <laughs> and I can tell you, too, from experience being in college watching the Tuna Bowls, how badly <laughs> I wanted to beat Bill Parcells in those games, too. So I, I get it. I used to be on the other side. I'm a little bit on this side, too. But I, for me, I just love Mike Vrabel, and I think it's ridiculous that he, you know, it, like the fans have to, like, step up. I mean, how many touchdown catches did Mike Vrabel have? I'd have to look at the stats, but he's got something like I, – I look. they had, like, the uh, – there's a graphic online circulating where it's – Really well done. It shows all the touchdowns that the players that have caught from Tom Brady. And it's like Mike Vrabel is like 10th. Like, I mean, it's insane. He played on the other side of the ball. Touchdowns in the Super Bowl. So 
I, I had to say my piece on that. And then, of course, the last one is just Wes Welker, which unfortunately it's is a controversial pick because he dropped the ball. And so, you know, however it you want to see that play. <laughs> better throw. Yeah, I know. It's a, it, it, a, a rough Don't throw that Giselle probably should have been caught. That, that's how I kind of look at it. Um, but each of these guys we're getting into now, nobody's really a slam dunk. Everybody's kind of got some issues with the fans because the fans vote. The fans are the ones who are responsible to put these guys in. Yeah, I think Frabel has a tough time because he is currently the active coach of the Titans who have beat the Patriots in some Yeah, that one game games. in particular. Yeah, Brady's last, game, Brady's last game as a Patriot is uh, a loss to Mike Frabel. So I think for fans that are especially maybe more – uh, knowledgeable about the team right now and not necessarily like the early 2000s Patriots teams that he played on yeah. might be thinking of more Mike Frabel, the Titans coach and does the optics of putting in another team's coach into your Hall of Fame. It's kind of good trolling. It, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a little <laughs> little strange. Uh, like at halftime of the game. <laughs> I can't believe that you're you want Bill Parcells in the uh, I can't I believe mean, that. Want is, uh, want is maybe a you little said, bit too strong. You said you I wanted want, it. I did. <laughs> I want it. Uh, I would say more. I'm open to it. To I'm it. open to it. When I'm he kicked to off it. to Desmond Howard, he lost me. That was it. <laughs> That's like six-year-old Evan diagramming I, I, I a kickoff he, return. I knew he was throwing the game at that point. D- Desmond Howard, the greatest returner of his generation in the Super Bowl when you have a lead in the second half and you kick – uh, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. No. I, I hear no. you, and that was right as the the game. You felt like, oh my gosh, we might actually have a chance. And now this was like, I was, I think, a sophomore in college, and I also had mono at the time. So yeah. I, I, I was a little bit of a fever dream. It. I actually had mono and pneumonia at the same time at, in college. I was very. I was very sick. <laughs> very sick. Were you living in a dorm uh, at that time? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This makes total sense. Playing yeah. hockey, you know, yeah. I, I just. I, and I played a game, actually. Like With it? Yeah. The day before, like, we, we were up at Hobart. Up in, up in upstate New York and they have like an outdoor rink and I was like I just I am deaf and we played the game we all played horrible I remember I remember missing like a couple really really good scoring chances too I'm like man I just I feel terrible got back and like went to the went to the infirmary cool story, thank you Matt <laughs> I was sick I almost died <laughs> uh, I'll wrap it up quick but yeah I went to the doctor and they're like oh my gosh you are sick kid like you got you got to go to the doctor so anyway yeah that's uh anyway. that, that was <laughs> I wasn't uh, I wasn't born for for eighty five, obviously, <laughs> but uh, you know my dad, my uncles, you know grandfathers, uh, they would tell me about stories about the that Super Bowl, and they were just happy to be in that Super Bowl, and they knew they were going to get their blo- doors blown off by the eighty five Bears. Like there was they no, were up three nothing. There was no conversation of whether or not they were going to win that game, but the Packers Super Bowl, they sh- they probably should have won the game just the way that the game unfolded. And to yeah. me, Parcells is is much to blame. I mean, Reggie White, like, can we we don't put a tight end over there, chip him, like, do do something. <laughs> this is all retroactive, ever because how old were you in '96? Four. <laughs> He's so mad about just like you're <laughs> kicking off to Desmond. <laughs> Little yeah. baby Evan uh, getting yeah. mad, whipping his uh, blanket. And when I was uh, when I was a youngin, I, this is this is full off season. Deuce is telling us about how he was sick in college. <laughs> when I was a youngin, uh, you know, I'd watch I watched games at you know restaurants and bars or with my dad and we would just go up to the bar he and he was a kid and at the bar he's a yeah. hears our seat at was the bar four years yeah. old <laughs> so i would i would like you know be like six years old and uh and and we <laughs> just or six. Come on. we <laughs> would just like go up to the bar and and just see the score and what was going on in the game and everything and i would obviously be spouting off takes and oh so, some God. adults would <laughs> would take it 
like well and be like, oh, this is kind of cute. Like this little kid oh, but is you probably, ru- is, probably grinding some gears with some people. And some adults would be like, who the heck is this kid? Like this is ridiculous. So I, I had some some stories where I got into some trouble. You know, people getting fed up with a six year old telling them that they're wrong. So this is I need to hear one. Life. I need yeah. to hear one. Oh yeah. So actually, one time I'll tell I'll tell you a quick story. Story time. And uh, it was at my dad's cousin's wedding. And my parents tell the story better than me, but I was in a group of people and we were arguing Celtics Knicks at the time. Like that was, you know, something that was the Knicks were actually good back then or something. It was, it was uh, enough of a rivalry to argue about it. And my parents were somewhere else and I was there by myself and my parents like over here, somebody being like, yeah, there's, there's this kid in the other room and he's like going toe to toe with the adults about, about sports. And he's, he knows what he's talking about, <laughs> but you know, it's, I think it's getting under some people's skins. And my dad just looks at my mom and goes, I'll be right back <laughs> and, and goes, and I'm just sitting in there holding court. Like all these people are around me and I'm just like telling them that, you know, they're idiots or whatever. So you got a, you, you a YouTube channel. Uh, this was born. Yeah. I was born like this. I'm, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I gotta ask you guys though. Like, are there any sp- particular games? I mean, not Patriots games, but just general sporting events or games that you remember as a kid being really impacted by, like for the first time, or feeling like invested for the Losing first time the Super in a Bowl sports after time? going undefeated. I got home from my friend Carly's house and went to town on my AIM away message, like frantically, <laughs> oh, like wow. ra- as long as that away message could be. I was. Probably cursing up a storm. I would pay so much money to archive all that and find it. <laughs> oh, AOL Instant Messenger. I'm sure it's probably out there. What about you, Tamara? You got some college football stuff? Or yeah, uh, I was yeah. trying to think of like some college games yeah. um, that I really enjoyed. Honestly, I'd probably have to say like Alabama losing in like the Iron Bowl every single time. Like that was like that was like iconic for me, especially the kick six. I think that was probably my favorite one that I've ever seen. What's that? What was that one? <laughs> they 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 tried to kick a field goal uh-huh. oh, and the right, guy right, caught, caught it and ran it back ran it back I, and yeah. won. I just saw that wild. on uh, Saban and Belichick that special yeah. they talked about that and and yeah which like slightly off topic like that was crazy to hear Bill Belichick and Nick Saban kind of talking about times they screwed up because mm-hmm. you yeah. don't really hear that ever that was one of them that was that was one of them that, that was that Nick's regret Nick said yeah yeah, yeah. That, that was one of the bad ones but. Yeah, it's uh, you brought up the the Super Bowl in the '80s. You're right, though. It was funny, like, and I brought it up before. You can go on YouTube and check out the Patriots and we. And you know, you got all of Boston was just so excited. And now it's like I could never in a million years imagine anybody being that like, just I, I don't know, just positive and like, wow, isn't this great? We're going to play in the Super Bowl. Like instead, you'd be hearing all the reasons why they're going to lose or, you know, like why they shouldn't be there. Or those are like the stories that that drive things now. But uh, I I just remember being, I don't know, I was probably about 10 at the time and, you know, being excited. And then all of a sudden, oh, God, this is not good (laughs) at all. And then you got the refrigerator Perry running touchdowns in and and all that. So it's yeah, uh, I was young at in 96 i was young i was i was a baby same i was was four uh but the first true heartbreak was aaron boone definitely like that was the first time where sports like truly crushed me especially because you know the patriots were had just won in 01 and it did i mean that was obviously kicking off what ended up being a ridiculous run but that was the first time where i was truly devastated by a a, a sports loss i would say it would be would be boone cup finals 1990 bruins edmonton oilers that 
yeah. that got me too. That was that was probably the worst. I one remember of my getting year. in trouble, like mildly in trouble, as like a little first grader. I think it was the, it must have been that O one Super Bowl or kindergarten or something. It was Groundhog Day, like the same weekend. And then I got back to school on Monday, and everyone's talking about like the groundhog seeing his shadow, and I'm like, what the hell are you people talking about? The Patriots just won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? Oh my God. It's funny though. You see the uh, Miss Parallax class didn't no, didn't I, care, I guess. But you see the like little evidence of of what you were gonna maybe end up kind of yes, doing, right? like just little. I mean, you were just already doing it apparently. Right. Right. Yeah, you had no chance. Uh, no chance. Out in the, out in the thing. Uh, well, we got plenty of emails here, and let's. Uh, Patty's been holding for a while, so let's uh, let's let's jump over to the phones here, uh, so we don't make poor Patty uh, hold on. I'm sure he's dying to talk to. The B Squad, no Paul. Hey Patty, what's going on? No Paul, no no Fred. So I, I apologize. You got to ask us. No, that's all right. I, I love the B Squad. Like like where the conversation is going too. Um, I'll just say I'll, I'll never forget. Um, my first, I think my first um, Boston sports moment was when I was ten. I went to Fenway Park a couple times, and um, actually I got, you know, my. My parents were old school, so I, I got the cra- the crap kicked out of me after the fact. But I was in Fenway Park uh, watching the game. I think they were playing the Detroit Tigers. And the, being the bright kid that I was, I was sticking peanuts up my nose and shooting, shooting them out at people <laughs> in the crowd. Um, so that, that speaks to my intelligence and, you know. Um, but also, like, the, the my very first big Patriots moment, was Super Bowl twenty? I, I was I was an OG bandwagoner. I, I pretty much liked every other sport and every other team before I liked the Patriots. And um, my first game was nineteen ninety one. They played the defending AFC champion Buffalo Bills and beat them sixteen to thirteen. Um, and it was like right around Thanksgiving. I'll never forget. Like uh, Hugh Millen threw a fifty yard touchdown pass to Urban Fryer and. Is that like one I, of I mean, three wins that season? I think. Yeah, they no, they went out. They went six and ten six, that year, right. and there was there the was next hope two. that they were going to be good. And then, of course, the next year they go two and fourteen and end up drafted Jubilee so the year after. And the two wins that year, Dante was uh, the interim head coach. Yeah. Uh, but uh, just just a quick question for you guys too. Um, what do you think will happen if? The team as it's construed, minus what they do in the draft, you know, when the rubber meets the road in September, do you think do you think they put all this this crap as or as Sam Malone would say, it's the drama behind them and and just say, hey, let's let's make this happen because even though like the offense was inept this past year, they still did end up winning eight games and they came close to you know they were one win away from making the playoffs. I think even. With as much talent as we see in the AFC East, I don't think it's out of the realm of the possibility if if they're able, if everyone's able to, you know, squash the squash their hurt feelings and put 2022 back into 2022 and focus on this year. I could see this team making the playoffs this year. What do you guys think? Yeah, thanks. That's good. Uh, good discussion, and, and I mean. I do think, like, if you're going to maybe color it the Fred positive way of, of, yeah, they won eight games with an offense that, like, everyone was not behind and didn't believe in. And, you know, it's just I guess it's hard for me to see. I think that, like, look, I still think Bill Belichick is is a really good coach. And the team as constituted, I think they can they could probably squeeze out six, seven, eight, nine wins again. Like, you know, 
It's just how do you get over the hump? How do you beat the good teams? And I, especially I struggle. Especially the division now. I, even with Bill Belichick, especially in the division, which I always say it starts for me. How do you get over the hump? Like, it, it, and it, it's hard to say with the team constituted. And you really, the only thing you can really hang your hat on is the fact that they have hired Bill O'Brien and that they have, you know, hired an, an actual offensive line coach. You know, the players are, are fine, and I, I think they've done enough, and I think their defense is pretty good, but. I, I can't sit here and say that I think that they can get over the hump and consistently beat playoff teams. What was that? What did I have? Five and fourteen is what they are against playoff teams over the last three years. Like, how is it any different? I don't know. And 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 how much do you really think any rookie is really going to change that? Like Zay Flowers, I, great. Is, is that is he worth two three wins? I I I, I can't really say that. I I, I don't believe. I, I need to see it come together on the field. Yeah, I I think that in order to get back into the playoffs let's just put it there like Robert Kraft said he wants to be back in the playoffs next year you have to you have to win some games that maybe us prognosticators don't expect you to win right like you have to win at least I would say two of those games without losing the Chicago game right they lost last year to the three wins to get to 10 11 wins and make the playoffs and I think in 2021 uh, there were a few instances where I'll pull a Paul since we've, we've already pulled a Fred uh, where they got some luck, uh, you know, from injuries and things like that uh, on the opponent. And if Tennessee comes in here with a full arsenal, do they beat Tennessee in 2021? Uh, do they, uh, do they, beat some of those teams that were banged up like that or didn't have everybody uh, available uh, against the Patriots. I, I, I don't know. So I, I think that that's the problem right now is that you're in that margin of how do you pull off an upset against Buffalo? How do you finally solve Miami, right, for to get a win against the Dolphins? How do you do those things uh, to get yourself to 11 wins where we're talking about playoffs? I, I think it's there's still a little bit of ways from that. And I think it's worth noting that I don't think we're going to have the same luck that we had this year in playing so many backups. Yeah. How I'm, many backup quarterbacks did we play this I year? I mean, and that's that's and been then, the thing for a few years, you know? And then even you tack on, like, the Jets. You can't forget about the Jets who, I mean, obviously they're still trying to figure out this whole Aaron Rodgers situation. But if they get him, that's not going to be, like, a guaranteed two wins right there. Like, that's just I mean, look at, the, look at what the, how those yeah. games went last year down to the very final yeah. play. Mm-hmm. Of the game, and, and I'm gonna say it again. I can't, I can't ignore Aaron Rodgers coming here to the Patriots. I can't. I'm, I like. I, I'm sure I'm probably crazy, and there's probably mm-hmm. no chance. But the longer it drags out with the Jets and them, at what point does Green Bay say, you know what? We need to figure out what's. We need what we want, you know. Mm-hmm. And we're not gonna sit around and wait for the Jets to finally give in. Especially, and it just doesn't it seem like it would be totally something that Bill would do to swoop in and take I him from the it. Jets, you know? And I know he's always intrigued with those players. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I just, I can't completely rule that one out. Especially because I feel like Aaron Rodgers, like, I know, and I believe me, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of him off the field in terms of who, like, as a quarterback, as an he athlete. He is a PR nightmare. He's awesome. But it, it would be a challenge. It would be a challenge. And, but... At the same time, I think when you see a generational football player who can still play at a high level and would instantly change the conversation here more so than any rookie you could possibly draft, I don't know. I, I still I'm still kind of thinking it might it could possibly happen. Yeah, and he would also bring OBJ with him. Like he would he wants him. Like he would obviously bring that whole list with him of people that he wants. But and OBJ is the same thing where yeah. he's like holding out for who's going to give me that money? Who's mm-hmm. going to give maybe nobody? And and he wants a good quarterback too, though. And as we have three weeks to go, this is when this is when the rubber starts to meet the road, and teams say, look. 
we're not waiting for a 2024 pick. We want a 2023 first rounder right now. And if you're not going to give it to us, we're going to start talking to other teams and see what they're willing to give up. I don't know if the Patriots are going to be able, willing to give up a first-round pick for him, and I, there's the money thing, and there's plenty of reasons to say why it couldn't work and it's impossible. But I just think at the end of the day, here's a quarterback who I know Bill Belichick respects, who's a, who's a great player, who clearly is not, you know, as much as Lamar is a wonderful guy and a wonderful player, I mean, there are some significant changes that will probably need to happen if you bring Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. I would just say less so than if you were to say, let's tailor this offense to Aaron Rodgers. Would you give pick 14 for him? No, I know, and that's that's probably what it would take. And I'm gonna, I would say no, and then you say, that's, well, then it's not happening. Well, that's what like, the okay. Jets are dealing with <laughs> right. right now with, with the Packers. Right. But I just think with this whole off season, the only the only thing that I keep coming back to is sort. I'm not necessarily about Aaron Rodgers specifically, but doesn't the whole off season make a lot more sense if you drop in a proven franchise quarterback into what they've done? Because I personally feel like they've approached this off season like they still have Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, we're gonna sign. Our quarterback's gonna lift all right, these guys. Right, we're gonna up. sign Juju. We're gonna sign Mike Kosicki. Uh, we're gonna trade out Damian Harris for James Robinson. We're gonna bring in some veteran tackles. Like this is what teams that feel like the quarterback is doing the heavy lifting are doing, and and that's I think where my frustration has been with their entire off season is that they there's either two two schools either you're operating with the quarterback is going to drive the bus or you're operating like the supporting cast is going to drive the bus and right now they are Nobody's building the bus. a team that f- the quarterback needs to drive the bus but you don't have a bus driver at quarterback so how do you get around that Which you know makes that report about max so much more interesting it right d- it does and i keep i keep having this conversation with people i'm like when I go into the locker room and I talk to our defense about the opposing team's quarterback, they always have something to say. His arm, his legs, you know, he, he can do both. Like, when you look at Mac, what can you say? What challenges you when you're playing Mac? Yeah, I get a lot of the, the, those questions, too, of, like, like w- what's the path? Like, with Mac Jones, like, how are you competitive yeah. with him just assuming that he looks like he did his rookie season? And that's, that's the best it's going to get. And I look at teams – uh, like San Francisco and, and like Miami, I'd also throw them in there too, that are taking what I think is pretty average Philly. quarterback situations and adding Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell and Teron Armstead and making that quarterback look like he's an MVP. That's why he looks so great at Alabama because he had great coaching and outstanding pieces around him. And I think that he can still do that in the pros, but you have to have outstanding pieces yeah. around him mm-hmm. and this team doesn't. Yeah. So if, you know, I, I think that that's the difference. And I think Philly is a good example of maybe you're still lukewarm on your quarterback. And then all of a sudden AJ Brown comes to town mm-hmm. and now Jay, now you're, you're all set. You're mm-hmm. like, Oh, Jalen hurts is our guy. So th- it can go both ways. You can either just drag the quarterback through the playoffs or you can actually bring out a Josh Allen Jalen Hurts type breakout mm-hmm. out of your QB by surrounding him and right now this team is is operating like they still have Tom Brady let's jump back to the phones uh, we got Eric uh, here in New Jersey and uh, let's just say he would Eric Scalavino would approve he spells his name the correct way with Eric with a K <laughs> at least that's how Matt wrote it so. hey, <laughs> hey, hey Eric hey can you hear me a little, little echoey but we, we got gotcha. you you guys hear me now better now? Yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just kind of want to talk about you guys kind of stay on Mac here. Um, and like I said, you guys are touching on 2020, um, 2021. Hello? Yep. Uh, yeah, you guys are touching on 2021. I was just trying to 
I was trying to figure out at what point. Hold on, I can't even. Yeah, yeah, we got you. You're good. Was, okay. Yeah, I was trying to. I was trying to figure out at what point, at what game, do you see Mac? Like, what what's the hallmark game for Mac that you've seen from these last two years? Again, I mean, you could throw in all the all yeah. the extracurriculars from last season. Then again, you I look back at that game on 2021, and you look at that Bills game where you only had Mac throw three times in inclement weather. And again, you're not saying you're going to get that type of, of, of you know win. But again, you know, there's too much air under his throws. And again, at what point in two seasons have you seen a game, a hallmark game like this, this game from Mac, where you sit here and say, all right, you can win behind him? Because again, if you give any other guy, I mean, most guys, if you can give them all the tools, all the weapons, yeah, I'm sure they can get you into the playoffs. But what is it about Mac that you've seen in these last years? Because I can't figure it out. No. I don't see, obviously, the talent. I, I see too much air under the throws, like Paul would say. And I don't, there's not one game. He had, he had one game last year at the Minnesota game where he could have took it over in the fourth quarter. One still hasn't, still hasn't, we beat the Texans on the fourth quarter comeback. I mean, so what is it that you guys see? And what's the hallmark game that you take yeah. from Mac that you can sit here and say, what is it that we can, we have something here where we can compete? Yeah. Thanks, Eric. Um, but I, I just, does it matter? No, like, but <laughs> like, th- like, does it really matter at the end of the day? No, because I, I think the one game that I would point to that I thought Mac uh, really made made himself look like a viable quarterback was Cleveland. Yeah, that's what I was going to say in twenty twenty one when he threw the seam to Bourne where yeah. it had some pace a on nice it and, to Hunter Henry. Yeah, yeah, that was I think his best game as a pro. But it, what the whole point that I was making before about look at the Niners like Jimmy G and Brock Purdy. Like, are you going to sit here and tell me that Jimmy G has got anything special going on about him as like a, cor- a signature win? Right. Or a, a moment or even just like a trait that you're like, oh, wow, like that's that makes Jimmy G stand out. And they dragged his butt all the way to a Super Bowl and they probably should have won the Super Bowl that they got to. So, I again, there there's two different ways to do it. It doesn't have to be the quarterback being Tom Brady and carrying the team uh, with you it doesn't you know we, we've seen it work in other ways uh, where the quarterback is a little bit lesser than and isn't necessarily the one driving the bus so the the whole what have you seen from mac i've seen that mac can be uh, a serviceable nfl quarterback when the situation and environment allows him to be and yeah. that can be good enough if you're built up other in other places on the roster yeah, I would just, I would just, and I, I hate to compare people to Tom Brady because it's just it's Tom Brady. But you know, just to, him being in the second year, he sat his whole first year. In his second year, you saw an overtime win against, uh, you know, against the Chargers. I mean, you just all of a sudden you started to see him growing into what he would eventually become. Now, this is the greatest player of all time. It's, you know, it, it's not apples to apples, but. At the same time, I understand what the fans want. They want to say, where can I look? We've had this guy for two years now. What what can I point to and say, all right, if we can expand upon that, if we can feature that, if we can put players around him that can help that, then maybe we're on the correct tra- trajectory. And so from that respect, I kind of get it. You know, I, I get what people are looking for, just a, a glimmer of hope, a, a glimmer of, you know, th- this is this is what he can do. And I mean, I go back to what kind of Tamara brought up with, you know, what made him good in college, you know, those things. And like you said, he had he had the pieces, he had and and it, and it, and it, and that it highlighted his smarts and his you know I think his accuracy mm-hmm. has been pretty good, um, you know as, as one of his strengths. So it's it's just hard because those things you got a great processor, you know, like it doesn't always translate. It's not always like oh there it is. So hopefully with Bill O'Brien, and I think that's why 
unfortunately, you have nothing else to really trumpet right now. That's what you have to point to. And you say, all right, well, now Bill O'Brien's going to give Mac the answers to the test, and he's going to be able to execute those with his ability to process and understand the game. That's what the hope is. But, you know, to Evan's point, does it really matter if it's, yeah, he's getting out the ball on time and a correctly run route to Juju Smith-Schuster? Is that going to make enough difference against teams like Buffalo, against teams like Cincinnati, against teams like Kansas City, all the elite teams of the AFC? Eventually, you just you got to put an end to a problem that's going on a half decade now of so you draw say flowers you're as saying? us looking at <laughs> their offense on paper in august and saying nope don't have enough right they don't have enough firepower they're not going to hang and this goes back to tom brady's last year and i would say that there was even inklings of it in 18 and I think that Brady yeah. and Gronk and Edelman turn back the clock one more time in the playoff run in 18, uh, especially in Kansas City. But that team in 18 had issues on offense throughout the regular season to the point where Josh Gordon all of a sudden became this viable asset for them because that's what they were searching for was something else because Gronk was you know battered and starting to slow down a little bit and, and Edelman was still Edelman, but they really didn't have anything else. And, and they had to make the move for Josh Gordon. And so this is 18. I would say it started uh, 19 was when it was really bad. And then it's been kind of really bad since then. So yeah. at some point you got to put the, an end to this rut. Yeah. I think like in order to get what Mr. Kraft said, he wanted, you know, at the owners meetings and, and that's getting to the playoffs. Like this year, you have two choices. You either trade Mac and you get this generational veteran quarterback that's going to get you there right now or you go out and spend some money to get those outstanding pieces for Mac to be great because at this point like with what where the roster stands right now like I'm just not confident enough in his traits and this roster to get them where Mr. Kraft wants them to be. That's why I feel a little bit like maybe there was some substance to these Mac rumors but now they have to backtrack because it didn't work out and you can't you can't ma- bring Mac back after this is all confirmed. Like you have to backtrack on it. Yeah, yeah. and I think I mean, and to the point of it's silly season with the draft. It's also the time when deals happen and things happen, and you know, oh seven, Randy Moss. Like yeah. this is Some when dominoes need to fall. You know, you've heard all will. these guys of you know, is Hopkins going to get released? Is you know, is Odell's price going to come down? All those different things. It's all going to happen in the next you know few weeks. And and there, who knows? There mm-hmm. could be some splashy moves still coming for this team that maybe changes where we're sitting right now but i also don't like the reports that come out like this because teams talk to other teams about a laundry list of players and those Mm -hmm. conversations can range from a deal getting done to is mac jones available nope okay let's move on to the next guy right like so they talk to teams about mac jones or shopping mac jones that that is such a loose term that there's so much nuance and, and, and so much uh, degrees in there of, okay, whereas Bill calling people and saying, hey, Mac's available, what would you what would you offer? Or was, you know, they saying, how do you guys feel about Mac right now? And maybe Bill was a little bit lukewarm on the phone, like he's mm-hmm. been with us, but it wasn't like we're dangling him out there for you to come and grab him. Yeah, and that, to that point, I always feel like when there's, uh, oh, the Patriots are interested in this guy. The Patriots are – like, there's always a, an element of due diligence that any team should be doing. Previously, that's – the Patriots being interested in a guy was like, sound the red alert. Like, mm-hmm. all right, uh-oh, oh, oh, the Patriots might get this guy. You know, teams might scramble that were chasing the team back then. But, 
and I think everything is with a grain of salt here over these last few weeks. I like that you said that, Mike, with the grain of salt, because it's like even if Bill did say Mac is our guy, we've seen coaches say so and so is our oh, guy. Right. That's great. Like the Jets. Yeah. Sam Darnold's our guy. <laughs> two seconds later. <laughs> Zach Wilson is guy. our guy. <laughs> two seconds. Like it's just like you've seen coaches say this is our guy we're not interested in Deshaun Watson we're not interested in this person that person and it turns out All they were I know well so you have to take out you have to take everything you have to take the lukewarm with a grain of salt and you also have to take the people who are claiming this person is our guy with a grain of salt because at the end of the day they still could change their mind let's jump back to the phones and head down to Georgia where we got Jody hey Jody how's it going hey doing good guys how y'all doing good thanks for calling in Hey, um, I just kind of want to take it back to the draft a little bit. Sure. Um, I just had a question. We all know how bad Bill missed in 2019 with Nikhil. Mm. Um, do we? Do you guys think like there's this pressure on Bill? Like I can't miss if I take a receiver. He's like, I'm I'm big on Day or JSN. I'm good with either of those guys. Um, but I feel like he's going to go more towards like tackle or defense. Take the safe pick because like if he misses big in the first round again, that you know like. He's kind of standing on one leg. Yeah. I, I mean, I think he's, they're putting in the work on safe flowers, it seems. I, I just feel like Thanks, that's Jody. a – and I, I totally hear what the caller is saying, but I, I do kind of feel like that's a little bit of a loser's mindset. Like, how do you – you can't let past mistakes dictate the right decision in the future. And I'm not saying that Zay, just because I love him, is the only option for them in the draft. But I think allowing the 2019 draft to follow you years later to the point where you're not willing to take a receiver early because you missed four years ago, I just don't know if that's really great process if you're – I mean, maybe maybe you could say, hey, let's not draft a big receiver who's a blocker. <laughs> you know, like, well, like Mike, I mean, let's, let's not. <laughs> there, I mean, there's no, there's no real comparison between the kind of player that Zay Flowers and Nikhil You're Harry right. are in any way. And um, I kind of feel the same way about Tyquan, even though I think the jury's definitely still out on that yeah. pick. Uh, he was definitely a departure from Nikhil Harry, Chad Jackson, Aaron Dobson as well. I mean, he's 180 pounds soaking wet and ran a four two. So he's yeah. he's nothing like those guys. So they, I think that they are recognizing a little bit that they have to depart from that well we, we were talking to kill harry and of course you know what that means eldred's calling in hey eldred what's going on <laughs> hey fellas how y'all doing hey, good ladies. good hi hey, thanks for calling in uh, hi yes uh fred ain't there is he no no fred no fred. no they're at the hall of fame vote so it's uh it's just deucing the kids sounds wrong um like like uh everybody keep holding bill which i'm holding bill but uh, not acknowledging last season. But Fred keeps saying he would he talked to the team, so he started to sag, but I don't think he did that. Do y'all think so? What did he did he apologize like apologize to the team or admit fault? Yeah, yeah, for last year. For last year but box uh the boxer. Yeah. That's a great question, Elton. I don't think yeah. he did, because he sure didn't qualify yeah. he sure didn't uh to Mac Jones didn't you know, didn't say I'm sorry or whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, so, can you just say sorry? Is it that hard? <laughs> it's it's a yeah, good. That's what I'm saying. It's that hard. Well, and I mean, and and, and, and he said, if it doesn't work, blame me. So you know, I think everybody yeah. kind of would like that. That hey, just acknowledging that that it didn't culpa. work. You know, and even I think when you heard from Robert, like it's like we did. We had some offensive changes that, in my opinion, didn't work last year. You know, it's like I think everyone else kind of like just acknowledges it as fact. But to your point, Eldred. Does this team need a reset right now? Do they need to like have maybe a big move, or I don't know if it's a you know some kind of come to back to Bill moment? Like 
I, I, I feel like you're onto something. Yeah, one more thing, and then I'll let you go. Two more things. Okay. Uh, I think Bill won the first three Super Bowl off of Bill Parcell boys. You know, this draft and everything, the team he lined it up, that's why he came back from the Jets to New England because he saw the talent. The only one he added was uh, Brady and, and uh, Seymour. But maybe it's a couple of picks, too, but those two were the main two. But uh, for that email yesterday, I don't know who a heel was. I did ask for a Patterson because yeah. back then he was a wide receiver. Chicago <laughs> used him as a guest that was screwed him up. Yeah. And one more thing. Yeah. I also I put a band for Hopkins when he first came out. I also a band for uh, Will, William, uh, Jason Williams, and Avalay, and some more people. But don't hold my feet to nothing because, like I said, I man, <laughs> I man up to know what I say is what I didn't say. Eldred's got, got the you. receipts. Yeah, we got you. He's he's willing to. All right, thank you. Thanks, Eldred. <laughs> well, whoever called in and tried to call Eldred out, you know, you better. Oh yeah, we had an emailer that this. that mentioned Eldred's uh, misses <laughs> in the draft, which we we've all had our, our a plenty in that category. What's so. your uh, what miss are you most proud of, Evan? Like, what's what's a guy that that um, that you were you know high on or not high on that ended up being good? I'll just give you one quick one. Was I I, I didn't want to draft Dante Hightower because we had Brandon Spikes. <laughs> That was me. That was, that's, that was me. Hi, it's me. Uh, that was the problem there. I don't know. I mean, I, there's a million. <laughs> uh, there, there's definitely guys that I was super high on in the draft. And, uh, you know, for example, like uh, Calvin Ridley's brother, Riley Ridley. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought he was Calvin Ridley, right? <laughs> like I was like, oh, you know, he's he's a Ridley and he looks decent on film. And uh, just I don't even think he's on an NFL roster anymore. Just not an NFL player. Uh, so that one was bad. I, you know, there was a, there's a few of those. You know, I think a lot of the time with the draft, you you see guys that – are dominant at the college level and and i think a big question that you have to ask and i think that they probably do this um, in a much more detailed manner than i do is why like why didn't Nikhil harry work out like what were the real core things not necessarily you know what we all think but what were the real core things that that led to that pick not working out and and then you try to course correct you know as best as you can so i think with Nikhil, that that's a that's got to be a learning process, right? I mean, how much of an indictment is it, too? And we all watched what these guys did for the Patriots, but both Isaiah Wynn and Nikhil Harry aren't even on teams anymore. I mean, these guys were first-round picks a couple years ago. And even if you didn't think Nikhil Harry was a first-round pick, you probably at least thought, hey, he, he, he's got size. You, mm-hmm. you know, you could do something with him. It's just – I. It's striking to me that those guys are, are out of, are, you know, especially with Win. Like how bad teams need tackles right now. I'm sure Win will sign after the draft. I think that that happens a lot, yeah. right? Where See who we are, get, and then we then we we'll right. bring him in. But but even still, like mm-hmm. he was a first round pick. Like yeah, it, you know, it's just and, and showed ability. Like yeah, Isaiah Win was better a better player than Nikhil yeah. for the Patriots, right? Yeah. So he got hurt a lot. Yeah, same thing. You know, couldn't couldn't yeah. really. Find that momentum. I think another point I, I just wanted to bring up too about this is like, imagine if like you go to a college business class and or, or you know an economics class and you're like, this guy's killing it in my mm-hmm. economics class. All right, well, how's he going to be when he comes and works for me at you know at an accounting firm? You know, like it's so hard to project. Just people in general going from being students to like this is a professional environment this is a job especially here where it seems even more intense and everybody kind of says like you know you are just on your toes every minute that you're inside this building but 
I think that that's that's just a natural element too outside of football. Is just some people they get into a professional environment, they gotta understand how to budget their time and their money and their lives and their personal lives and you know what they're doing. It's I think it's a challenge that you know it's easy to talk about football and well he just couldn't play like, but I think there are other things too that you know you can point that's, to. That's that's the hardest part for us is that we don't really know these guys right and and we don't really have the resources to to learn them inside and out like nfl teams do so for me i'm really just going off of what i see on the Mm -hmm. field for the most part like sure i talked to a guy for 10 minutes at the combine or at the shrine bowl or something like that but you're really just going off a feel about the player on the field and they're Things like with with you know Nikila, you know that you hear about about you know the work ethic and uh, maybe not being destined to be great. Like just doesn't have that drive to to want to get there. Like we would never have known that you yeah. know going into the draft. So that's why like that's even tough. like it's it's superficial, but be, even being at the combine, I just like that element of it. I just like getting to see these guys. What are they like? I mean, some guys were so nervous up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember which. I think it was one of the Oregon uh, offensive linemen. Um, yeah, he was nervous though because English wasn't his first. Oh, language. really? All right, then so, I take it back. So I take it back. Yeah, I didn't that, realize that. that I was, was like, oh my gosh, yeah. he seems like he's about to like combust right now. He was, he was. So I, I, I'm glad I didn't remember his name, so I don't have to uh, get in trouble for it. But uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's jump over here now to Todd in North Carolina. Hey, Todd. So I got just two quick points. The first one is uh, I really agree with Fred's idea of somebody being tested this year and will come out, and if they come out of this one, it'll be really something they prove, and I don't think it's our quarterback. I think it's our coach. That's the mm. first part. And the second part, the simple part, is actually something Deuce hit on, and, uh, and so does a couple other people there. Brady's second year was really good, but we forget just the cast Brady had around him. In order for somebody to grow and get into the league, because, you know, Brady was great, but he was able to grow with such talent around him and you cannot say that that was not a factor in his greatness well being able to have that you know one offensively like i mean i you know I'm, i i think for the it's such a different time period that's fair well, exactly that's what, fair what he needed around him then and what mac needs around him now are not comparable i just directly. uh i was watching some Thanks, old uh, Dion branch highlights oh, the that. other day because it's like you know i wanted to go back and be like all right well that was a receiver that they hit on right they drafted him in the second round and they hit on the player and it was too funny because you're watching this this speedy undersized receiver and they're in these heavy personnel groupings under center like 12 21 personnel groupings and he's split out wide and you're like if you were playing nowadays you would be in the slot you'd be you know in a 11 personnel grouping and you'd be running edelman routes right like you wouldn't be running these vertical post routes out of heavy packages and brady's taking these seven and nine step drops and throwing the ball deep so it was just such a different game back then that i think back then uh, they they had enough on offense but if you had that offense today like that it's it's probably worse than this yeah we're talking about what we're talking about right now yeah I, I do think they had. A, I mean, the defense. You have to. You have to acknowledge that they had great pieces. And I mean, and 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 to push back on uh, the, the earlier caller who said like he did it on Parcells. Like 
the free agency class that they signed that year was a huge impact on that team. So, I, I mean, I get what I get, like, and I said earlier with Parcells, like, he certainly planted some seeds with that team with Malloy and Law and Bruschi and McGinnis. Uh, but, you know, the Pfeiffers, the Vrabels, uh, you know, the Otis Smiths, like those guys that they brought in and coached up and then made them. Uh, and they, so I always forget, were, they, were Seymour and Matt Light the same draft class? Yeah, yeah both 01. Right. So that, both I mean, rookies. That, so your rookie. That I mean, draft class is. I mean, compared to your left tackle and your best defensive right, player. Uh, right so. out of the gate, too. Yeah. So, I mean, imagine. I mean, it's, it's not totally different than what we're talking about right now, where it's like, imagine if they got two impact starters. I mean, long-term impact starters. Richard Seymour is a Hall of Fame player. Right. You know, I mean, these are the kind of things I think that this team needs. And I don't want to go as far as, you know, what the earlier caller said about is he, you know, coach, you know, does he absolutely feel the pressure to hit on this? I don't think so, but I feel the pressure of this needs to be a good draft. And I mean, it's, you know, when you look at 2022's draft, I just I feel like there's so much uncertainty there. I, mm-hmm. I feel so much uncertainty about last year's draft class. I could go either way on Thornton, Strong, Harris, Cole Strange. I mean, I think Cole Strange, probably his floor is pretty decent. I think he's going to be probably the tackle here for the next three seasons. Or, sorry, guard, you know, but I don't know about anybody else. I really don't. I don't even yeah. know with Zappy. Like, how much do you really feel confident about that class yet? Whereas, you know, even and, – and you could even go to 2021 with – Armour got hurt last year. We wanted more out of him. Mac didn't really, you know, there's a lot of issues there. But, you know, Ramondre is, is kind of the key piece that you feel like you hit on. But I, I'll continue to say I think the draft is, is the only way out I of think, this thing. I think Ramondre and then Marcus Jones are like my two that from the past two years Marcus, that I'm like. You got to bring up Marcus yeah, Jones. Yeah, Marcus Jones, one. I feel like he could end up being a guy that's going to be here for a while um, just because of his versatility and his ability to you know, help special teams, especially that's been yeah. kind of struggling, yeah. especially with last season. Um, I think, I, I think to your point, Tamara, too, that he's the kind of guy, I don't want to say you build a team around, but he's the kind of guy that is, is, is a marketable marquee kind of player mm-hmm. where you say the Patriots have a three guy who plays all three ways, you mm-hmm. know, that kind of thing. And, and is able to make an impact in all three areas. I think that could be, he could be something special mm-hmm. and something that, you know, that this team needs when we talk about, it's not just about trying to win. It's also trying to get fans to get excited to come to watch training camp, you know, to put butts in the seats, to at least come see these guys play. All right, hey, they might not, they're probably not going to win the Super Bowl, but I got to get out to camp this year because they have this generational kind of player that's just so special. And I'm excited to go to training camp just to watch Marcus Jones return punts, you know, mm-hmm. like that kind of thing. I think they need more guys like that, marketable yeah. guys. You I, know? I, that's the biggest thing to me is that I, I feel like there were in 2020 – the training camp was such a weird environment to begin oh, with. So, bizarre. so I don't even know if it counts, but I think there were mo- there were moments early on from Kyle Duggar in 2020 training camp where you're like, okay, this guy, this guy's different. Like he moves differently. He, you know, this yeah. is this is going to be good. But I I haven't felt like you know hearing Bill talk about um, you know guys like Richard Seymour or uh, you know the the McCordy. Gronkowski class where they got to training camp and like two days into training camp they're just like laughing at how good Richard Seymour is like when when's the last time that you can say that about a Patriots draft pick that you got to training camp and on day one of camp the media the coaches everybody is just like holy crap like this guy is just an um, unbelievable football player and when you pick at 14 like you should be able to come out with a guy that we're all saying in mini camp like wait until you guys see Jackson Smith and Jigba like Mm -hmm. this is gonna be fun I I just I I really can't think of one in my time covering the team that, that they've had one of those guys where it's just like 
instantly like yes like that's that's going to be a great pick i mean i and i think to your point evan i mean you're talking about guys in the top half of the draft where they haven't picked a lot and so you're saying seymour had that i would even say mayo kind of had it like i don't know it it, to the same extent but i think everybody kind of acknowledged right out of the gate like they got a good they got a good linebacker uh you know and mac i mean mac Mm. for you know all Mm. those kind of warts that we have right now i think you know early on it seemed like hey this kid can play in this league he does he didn't look rattled you know he came in and he as a quarterback and i i always compare just to you know what i saw the most of which was jared stidham the year before and it was like oh boy like you know (laughs) the first guy wasn't there it's getting ugly quick and and mac i was just i was remarkable to me right out of the gate in like whatever that first mini camp was where it's like there's chaos going around him, but he's still able to kind of hang in there and get the ball out. I just yeah. feel like when you hear about like you hear about these guys, like Seymour uh, is you know going back a ways, but even just in other camps around the league, when you hear the buzz starting about you know Sauce Gardner in yep. New York, and mm-hmm. he's just out there just putting clamps on everybody that goes up against him, or uh, you know whoever, and, and I just I feel like that has not happened. Like yeah, we've seen flashes like I think Taekwon flashed at times in yep. camp last year he had his moments but it wasn't like a dominant every single day this guy is a factor on no. the I feel field. like Zay Flowers is like a guy that could do that just because Absolutely. like yeah. like for example when he finally practiced at the Shrine Bowl I feel like the sidelines were like buzzing like yeah. just all about him I feel like he's could be that guy if he's picked at 14. That's what they need let's uh let's just grab Melvin here before we break for lunch hey Melvin thanks for holding on What's up, yeah? What's going on? Uh, we're just uh, powering through Hi. here with our with our fearless leaders. I got you. I got you. <laughs> um, quick point that I was going to talk, I guess you all just kind of spoke on a little bit, but I think overall, like, fans are desperate for, like, young players, right? Yeah. So they're just, you know, constantly looking for – let's say, for example, I can use him or my Stevenson, for example. You, we, you, you like them, and the Myers of the world and all the people like that, like, we like them, they, they're – good players and everything like that, but there comes a point that we have to realize, I guess, that those are those particular players like really going to help us um, go to the next level. So uh, it, it, it's a tough position for, I guess, the coaches to be in because you got to make that decision because fans are just, like you just talked about, uh, just extremely desperate, and we don't want to let these players go because they're good players. They are yeah. good players, but yep. the money gets involved and everything like that factors into it. So even somebody like Stevenson, we just drafted two running back, um, you know, recently. So even though he is a good player and, and can do all these things for us, is that the right decision? Do we need to pay him the money, et cetera, et cetera? And it's just going to be a it's it's a tough position because I feel like when his contract is up, for for example, the fans are going to just react the same way. I think a lot of people are going to be wanting to keep him, but where are we going? You know, long term. Yeah. And just a lot of players like that, the, the Duggars, the Uches, like, do we need to sign these people? Are they good for the team? Uh, are we good for us going forward? Or do we need to try to, you know, let them go and try to – average might not be good enough. We need to be looking for stars, somebody to build around. And those are the ones we need to be signing. And some of the ones not really – the average player, I would say average, but players not – not willing players need to be on another level for us to go to the next level yeah so those are the players we need to be going after yeah i, I think that, that's that Thanks, speaks Mom. to mm-hmm. the old the old you know dante hightower being the last first round pick to get a second contract 
yeah. with the Patriots. Dante Hightower, he just retired from the league. Like that's ten years ago, you know. And, and I look at Kyle Duggar. Eleven. I think Kyle mm-hmm. Duggar is a guy that that could be a second contract guy. But he, it's going to be that caveat that he was a second round pick and not a first round pick. But that's besides the point. But I think that Kyle Duggar has that star potential in him. Uh, Ramondre is a running back, so that's that gets into that's the, the whole thing value yep. thing and second contracts and all that kind of stuff. But uh, th- this is what we're talking about. You know, Alex and I always talk about Tuesday players. Like who's uh, t- Tamara's point, right? Like who's going in and the Tuesday meeting when they're playing the Patriots and you put the offense up on the board for the coaching staff. Who are we circling? Like who's the guy that you absolutely have to stop? And I think a lot of these coaching staffs are saying nobody exactly like you know we're not do what we do just do what we do yeah Yeah. and i i think defensively uh, judon uh i think duggar i think barmore and uche when Mm -hmm. it's a passing situation you got to know where those guys are and and know how they rush uh but offensively that cupboard is is bare and and i don't think juju smith schuster is changing that as much as i like him as a player yeah. yeah, it's. I, I think, and I, we'll, we'll go to break here. I, it just, it's a great point by Melvin that I, I brought up before. It's, it's, you know, for the fans, it's continuity. It's like, who's our team? Who's our core? Like, wh- wh- what's our personality? And I feel like, you know, we talk about the early 2000 Patriots. Like, you go into every game, and you're like, we got Willie McGinnis. We got Teddy Bruschi. Mm-hmm. We got Ty Law. We got Lauren Malloy. These guys have been here for yeah. and you six, know seven, them. eight you watch years. Them, like, grow up. So right. They're, they're just part of the fabric mm-hmm. of the team. And, you know, I think right now they're at a point where there isn't really any of those guys. And, and I think this year I was kind of, and I'm still kind of waiting to see, is Kyle Duggar that guy? Now's the time. Are we going to let him get to free agency next year? Now, in, in, in the, to make the point in the opposite end, you got Jabril Peppers, you got Josh Bledsoe. I mean, like, it just seems like they continue. We did, we did a safeties preview for the draft. There's a Brian Branch. I mean, there are so many of these guys available. Uh, you know, it's like, I would just hate to do that, though. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear your point. And that's, but you, that's a guy that you identified that was a little bit off the beaten path being from Lenore Ryan and you're right about him that his his athleticism and his skill translated to the league and he's still got some warts in his game like I, I don't think that he's perfect yet but the playmaking is all all the way there you know I mean four defensive touchdowns is four defensive touchdowns and that's a guy that I think that you should be trying to build around, especially now that Devin McCourty's retired. Like he, he should be taking the. And I'm not asking him to give those rah rah speeches that Devin gave and <laughs> yeah, stuff like him. that. That's not him. But in terms of on the field and in between the lines, like that should be your next generation. And at some point, to your point, they have to stick with some of these guys, and you can't just keep on turning them out because you do have to have too a many core. holes. Too yeah. many holes. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Thank you for all the awesome emails, though. There are plenty of great ones. Uh, can't wait to get to those. We will do that right after this quick break. The network America relies on, and the official 5G network of the New England Patriots. Patriot Place is the region's number one shopping, dining, and entertainment destination. Shop your favorites, including Vineyard Vines, Express, Bass Pro Shops, Petco, and more. Enjoy dining at one of our 19 restaurants, including Six String Grill and Stage, Scorpion Bar, and Bar Louie. And don't forget about the entertainment. Explore your inner artist at Muse Paint Bar. Watch a movie at Showcase Cinema Deluxe. Or grab a controller and start gaming at Helix Esports. For a complete directory listing, please visit patriot-place.com. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near zero lag. And it's not just fast, it's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on. 
only on Verizon. 5G ultra-wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla's speed test intelligence data Q2 2020. When someone accidentally threw away the school play costumes... Oh, no! Replacements were shipped with FedEx. And with picture-proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next. For residential delivery only. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. AB Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Some people are never content with simply being good. Not when they can be great, but it takes a big step to get there. In fact, it takes a leap of faith, a belief in what you're striving toward, and a willingness to make the commitment, day in and day out, to something bigger than yourself. Putnam is proud to partner with those who share their own commitment to performance excellence. This is Matt Light for Putnam Investments, a world of investing. There's no season better than football season. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week. So head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Patriots fans, you'll want to check out the replay on this one. Pat the Patriot is stealing the show tonight with his Bank of America mobile banking app. That's right, folks. So here we see Pat cheering and then whammo. Is that Bank of America life plan? Looks like he's saving up for some big future moves. Planning the next vacay, huh, big guy? And wait, now he's paying back his buddy for concessions using Zelle? No penalty there. Incredible. No way. As if that double move wasn't impressive enough, now he's beefing up his account defense with security meter? Holy cannoli, what a performance. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Patriot fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash banking. You must be enrolled in online banking or download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Member FDIC. Want to get into the game? Get coached up at Dean College. Equipped with exclusive academic partnerships featuring the Patriots, Revolution, Providence Bruins, Summer Baseball, and more, our classrooms are set up for success by learning directly from the pros. Dean College has programs in communications, sports management, business, and marketing with unprecedented hands-on experiences. Our students take what they learn in the classroom and put it right to work in the marketplace. At Dean College, our students don't just play games, we run them. Visit us at dean.edu. Verizon, 
the network America relies on, and the official 5G network of the New England Patriots. Patriot Place is the region's number one shopping, dining, and entertainment destination. Shop your favorites, including Vineyard Vines, Express, Bass Pro Shops, Petco, and more. Enjoy dining at one of our 19 restaurants, including Six String Grill and Stage, Scorpion Bar, and Bar Louie. And don't forget about the entertainment. Explore your inner artist at Muse Paint Bar. Watch a movie at Showcase Cinema Deluxe. Or grab a controller and start gaming at Helix Esports. For a complete directory listing, please visit patriot-place.com. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near zero lag. And it's not just fast, it's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on, only on Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence data Q2 2020. When someone accidentally threw away the school play costumes... Oh, no! Replacements were shipped with FedEx. And with picture-proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next. For residential delivery only. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. AB Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Some people are never content with simply being good. Not when they can be great, but it takes a big step to get there. In fact, it takes a leap of faith, a belief in what you're striving toward, and a willingness to make the commitment, day in and day out, to something bigger than yourself. Putnam is proud to partner with those who share their own commitment to performance excellence. This is Matt Light for Putnam Investments, a world of investing. There's no season better than football season. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week. So head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Patriots fans, you'll want to check out the replay on this one. Pat the Patriot is stealing the show tonight with his Bank of America mobile banking app. That's right, folks. So here we see Pat cheering and then whammo. Is that Bank of America life plan? Looks like he's saving up for some big future moves. Planning the next vacay, huh, big guy? And wait, now he's paying back his buddy for concessions using Zelle? No penalty there. Incredible. No way. As if that double move wasn't impressive enough, now he's beefing up his account defense with security meter? 
Holy cannoli, what a performance! Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Patriot fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash banking. You must be enrolled in online banking or download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Member FDIC. And now, great moments in history. Time, time of day, like second, minute, hour. Oh, is the H in that word silent? It is. Hmm. They all sound the same to me. Yeah, that's that's the that's how you that's Hour. the difference. Hour. You are correct, Mike. Hour. To most of us, they do, is it they our do. house or our house? Our, our house. house. No, it isn't. Yes, our it is. In the middle yes, of the street. Is. Eric, you you know what a dictionary is? You just compl- look it up. You just completely butchered the name how of many, a town in Massachusetts okay. on a call earlier how this many morning. Syllables? That you should easily know. Look it up, Eric. Gloucester. Don't take my. W- I live in Gloucester, Eric, Mass. Eric, don't take my word for it. Gloucester. Eric. Do not take my word for it. I don't. Look it up. I don't take your word for anything. Look it up. How many syllables does O-U-R have? Look it up. I don't have a dictionary in front of me. Uh, I have one upstairs. You don't have one printed out? We have this thing (laughs) called the internet, you know? Look it up. Don't take my word for it. Matt, go ahead. Look it up. How many syllables in the word O-U-R? And what are you saying? One? One. One. He's saying that the word A-R-E and O-U-R are pronounced exactly the same. R. One. <laughs> One. There you go. And there it is. Our. Paul? And there it is. Paul? He's trying to, he's trying he's to trying do technology to, right now. <laughs> Our. Our. Who, who's saying Our. that? Somebody from China? That's the dictionary. <laughs> the dictionary pronunciation uh, I, you, key. You told me to look it up. I looked it up in the dictionary, and it has the pronunciation. How many syllables? Our. Our. He just said one. Well, I just, I'm just playing. Are you li- I'm not listening to the pronunciation? How, let me see that. Hour. Let, let me see it. Let me see, hold on. <laughs> so Fred's picking up the phone now. It, it has the uh, little. One it has the little pronunciation it's guy. One syllable. How you pronounce it? Did hour. you hear how it was pronounced? It's one syllable. I don't syllable. care how many syllables it is. It's pronounced hour. Yeah. Hour. It is not hour. That's another great moment from. Oh boy, that's a moment that's gonna live rent free in my I am head so forever. So mad. That's the best snippet that. in a minute. I am so agitated by that whole thing, and I wasn't even there. Uh, I, uh, I'm sad that my joke towards Eric uh, fell a little flat, which was you don't have one printed because Eric will print everything. Like you know, if we were gonna talk about an article that Mike Florio had written about Mac, like he would have come down with it printed out. So he had no problem killing trees, but yeah, that that's my mom. She has to print everything, every yeah. receipt, every email. I'm like. You don't need that printed. You have your phone. Just scan it. Come on, scan it. All right, let's jump over to some emails now because there's a there's a lot of emails coming through and uh, and and I think there's some good ones here. I'm going to try to to pick some spots. I mean, a couple people emailed in games that that I got to be honest, nobody here is going to get. So <laughs> I'm going to save those ones for for the old guys, Paul and Fred. Uh, hopefully they'll go back through. Um, I thought this was a, a good one just to point out. This is Franklin in Baltimore. Um, he's saying, I remember the buzz around Chandler Jones being. Did I say Chandler? I got that right. I did. Okay. I say sh- you haven't heard this yet. I say Chandler. I can't I can't get it right. I can't get it right. There's a street in LA too that's like Chandler Boulevard and I was driving there after this had already come out on the show that I can't say 
Chandler. And I looked up and I'm like, oh, here's Chandler. And I'm like, damn it. I so do when it you every hear year. like Monica Friends. and Chandler. <laughs> yeah, I know. Why I'm saying what, what way? <laughs> what, 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 what way? Uh, so Chandler, it's just a lot of effort. The cha-cha-cha. Chandler Jones being pretty loud uh, during his first training camp. Yeah, uh, that's why it also especially hurt when he was traded, at least to me, because Jones was exactly the type of impact, instant impact player the current team needs. I, I can't believe we traded that DNA great. out of this franchise still. We all know when it was over for Chandler Jones. Yeah, that was uh, an unfortunate, yeah. unfortunate end um, to it. But, I mean, I remember having the debate. You brought up Dante Hightower as the last one. I remember debating, like, well, actually, I take that back because that was more Jamie Collins Hightower thing. I was like, who would yeah. you who would you keep if you had to if you had the Sophie's Choice? Those guys, which one would you kind of retain? They kept the right one. Yeah, um, and then they they got Jamie Collins back for <laughs> like seven, seven or eight more yeah. times. So <laughs> <laughs> it all worked out. Um, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna read this one. I, I just like the beginning of it, but I don't know where it's going. It's Linda in Boston. Now, though Evans head explodes, that's what she got me. Like though Evans head explodes at the thought winning through uh, winning through a run first offense appears to be on the table. Uh, Taylor Kyles, uh, Evans' successor at CLNS, has taken the time to look at the positive possibilities for competitive <laughs> offense. Should the Patriots draft Shocker. a generational running back in the first round? I'm gonna Evan. I'm just gonna before you uh, before you go after this. I'm just gonna connect it to. I still feel like they want to attack small defenses, and if they did do this, which I don't think they will, and I think this is a smokescreen, but if they did, this that, that would feed into that narrative. Okay, so there's a million different directions I can go with this. The main thing that I will say about it is that I think people need to recognize that teams like San Francisco, who I feel like is the always the team that it, people yeah butt me with on this conversation, right? Where it's like, oh, you can't build a run-first offense anymore, Evan. Yeah, but what about the Niners? The Niners have easily one of the most efficient passing games in the entire NFL. So their foundational elements in their run game are to set up the passing game off of play action and similar looks that make it all look the same and then they hit them down the field and that's how they really put up points on the board their passing game is what wins them football games their run game is how they set up their passing game so either way we're still ultimately getting to the same place whether you end up running the ball a little bit more than another team or whatever you're still ending up to the point where it's third and seven and it's the fourth quarter and it's a tie game and you need a first down and your quarterback and your receivers have to make a play okay and the Niners ran into the same problem in the Super Bowl where they couldn't make the play and the Kansas City Chiefs come back and they're the ones hoisting the trophies so ultimately speaking everybody needs to effectively pass to win in this league and if you go out and you start investing in using resources on running backs in the first round of the nfl draft then you are still never going to get there on that side of the football to where you ultimately need to be so that that's the big picture of it the other thing is that i hear in I love you, Taylor. I do. I like you a lot. But he put out a bunch of this stuff about, like, oh, well, imagine all the two running back sets that they could use with Ramondre and Bijan Robinson. What is this Navy in the 1950s? <laughs> like, what do you mean? We're going to run the wishbone now? Wing. So we're going to go into Buffalo against Josh Allen in a need-to-win game just like last year at the end of the season to make the playoffs, and he's going to come out in the wing tee. Well, it would work if there was a windstorm. To be fair, Mac Jones <laughs> did run the wing tee in high school. He likes to tell us that all the time when we talk to him about playing under center. Like That's the, the biggest challenge that I have with this whole thing is that if your only way, the only way 
that you can beat a good team. Name a good team. Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati. If the only way that you can win is holding them in the teens and running clock, you are never going to beat those teams. You are never going to beat them. And maybe you can beat them once in a blue moon any given Sunday, like in the windstorm in Buffalo a couple years ago. You can sneak one past them. But if you're trying to beat Josh Allen 17-14 to 14 and ball control and possession and run clock and all those types of things, you are going to lose a mm-hmm. lot. You just can't do that anymore. And it just the notion that that could work is absolutely mind-blowing to me. Also, I would not, as a fan, want to go to a game and watch that personally that's like not aesthetically pleasing that does not get oh. like butts and seats sorry chicks it dig the deep ball <laughs> I, I i got i got this pushback too because everybody was like well who cares about how they win tamara if they win they <laughs> no, win we care it, it, it's just it's an it's an outdated thought process to think that you can win football games like that anymore and i think a lot of people look at a tennessee from a few years ago san francisco and they say see it can work and it's like those teams were ultra efficient on play action passes and extremely good at throwing the football they just didn't throw the football in the volumes that other teams maybe threw it in yeah i mean i thought your 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 point about the uh the Rutgers kid pacheco uh you know on twitter w- was apt and i just i've brought it up many times i don't want to be I, like i love derrick henry we all know i love derrick mm-hmm. henry but i don't want to be the derrick henry team i don't want to be the no. christian mccaffrey team no we're like all right it's going to be awesome until he gets dinged up and then we're like just powerless to do anything. Like it's nice when you get those guys, but like you said, they got a seventh round guy who like, you know, gets it yeah. done. I, I, uh, I can criticize the Patriots for a lot. I, their, their way they do running backs is not one of them. Like no. I, I, and, and that's why this would be such an outlier for them. I know B. John Robinson's an exceptional talent. He's probably the best running back that I've seen come into the draft since Saquon. And he's a, unbelievable, but your but Saquon got like he had one one amazing season, and then now I'm like, yeah, what's now right? Now he's a so, piece of the right. Yeah, yeah. so uh, that's why I'm like not. I, r- I really hope they don't do that at that, 14. That's what I like. What happened with him was like the team was all around him. He got hurt. Mm-hmm. They couldn't rely on him. They not that they found really a lot else, but they did figure out a way to at least be competitive without him. And then he comes back, and you're like, oh, now he's a nice piece yeah. to add into this, yes. and he doesn't have to be the guy anymore. Yes, I'm a fan of that. Uh, but I just I wonder with Stevenson, you know, is there is there a running back that could change this for them? Is there a running back that they would say, you know what, we usually don't give second contracts to running backs, but you're special, you fit in really and, well, and you, you can take, do it all. And that's the other thing, and I think the Giants feel trapped in that scenario as well. Even though it's a different regime in New York, which I think they should think about. Like we didn't draft Saquon Barkley at the second overall pick; it's not our fault that yeah. that, that happened. Mm-hmm. But with the Patriots, it's like if you draft Bijan Robinson at fourteen. In four or five years, are you going to give him the second contract just because you feel obligated to give him the second contract? Because he probably is going to be pretty darn good in his rookie contract. But look at with Dallas and, and Zeke. He's not even the best running back on the team anymore. No. Yeah. Tony and, Pollard's better than him. And I mean, you're already talking about the fifth-year option, like what you're going to have to pay a running right. back on the fifth-year option. Like That seems crazy. Um, Alex and Charlotte writes in. Um, Charlotte? Charlotte. <laughs> Charlotte. Oh. It's like an S. Oh. Why I'm saying what, what, The shoes what? on the English other language, foot. You know. <laughs> <laughs> like the name Charlotte. Charlotte. Good Charlotte. <laughs> Good Charlotte. Um, so, uh, it's like chocolate. It's not chocolate. It's chocolate. <laughs> it's chocolate. <laughs> it's chocolate. <laughs> it's chocolate. Oh um, 
I'm a young Patriots fan, so all I've known my all my life is Tom Brady. Uh, but the first season I can really recall was the 2006 season, losing to the AFC Championship Rache with a Caldwell. chance to go to the Super uh, Bowl. Uh, to then follow that with 07, which which Alex brought up with more heartbreak. Uh, looking back now, I'd do anything to have seasons like that now, but I think the future is bright, and I believe the team will make strides to get back in there. I like the positivity at the end. It's a fair um, email. 06 was a it was a it's nightmare a, for me. A Fred email. Uh, <laughs> I, I did go to that San Diego playoff game though, and I've always said that was just my favorite Great game. experience as a fan. Um, went through a whole ticket thing, like because they released. I was in California. They were going to release tickets to people who lived in California. Didn't get them. Went back on. Like I, I had them. Ticketmaster crashed as it is wont to do. Lost my tickets. I was apoplectic. Went back in. Got one ticket. Don't know where it is. Bought it. Look. It's like eight rows in back of the Patriots bench. So I went to that San Diego play Patriots playoff game, eight rows, and I was like, oh, I'm going to be surrounded by Chargers. It was all Patriots fans. Oh, <laughs> Chargers it fans? It was awesome. I know. And they were <laughs> chirping the whole way down. And, you know, at that point, it was, you know, Tom and Bill had lost one playoff game ever. That was to Denver. That was it. And they were, you know, and they were coming off a great season. Phil Rivers was great. And LaDainian Tomlinson was MVP. I forget how many touchdowns he had. But, you know, I'm just like, I don't know, dude. You never can rule them out. And they were they were very confident. Um, but that was, that was a fun one. And we all know 07, which was – just an absolute nightmare. So uh, let's go to thanks for bringing those things. <laughs> yeah, up. thanks. I know. Appreciate that. Going down to uh, North Carolina. Hey, Jerry, how's it going? What's going on, everybody? Um, Evan. Yes, sir. So <laughs> on last week's Catch Twenty Two um, session, you had mentioned a wide receiver that I had mentioned to you probably about a month and a half ago, uh, Charlie Jones. That's the guy. And you were just gushing over my man. And you put a tweet on uh, Twitter about he, him. He's been gushing all over the place about him lately. Evan has mm-hmm. a case of recency bias. <laughs> he has a lot of crushes mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now. Right. So I want to throw another name out there for Evan, or two names out there for Evan. I like this. Um, just okay. to get a take on these wide receivers. I feel like they'll be later round drafts and give the Patriots the ability to trade back from the first. Um, Darius Davis from TCU. Matt Landers from our, uh, Kansas. From Arkansas, I'm sorry. Matt Landers from Arkansas. And then uh, Jalen Marino Cooper Cropper from Fresno. Thanks, y'all. Oh, thanks, Jerry. Yeah, the kid from Fresno has got a little bit of buzz. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the one that uh, I've, I've heard his name a, a bunch. But I look, with Charlie Jones, I, I think we talked about this maybe on, on another show, uh, Deuce, when I, I watched him the first time before the Combine, and I just was like – is he actually fast? Like he he looks like he's moving fast, but is he just one of these guys that you know just just plays with his hair on fire? And, and then we get to the combine and he runs a four six, right? And, and that was what I was concerned about with him. But when he put up that time in the combine, he's four four three. Zay was a four four two, so the guy the guy was flying at the combine, and I was like, okay, so that speed is real. Like that's tr- he's got track level speed uh, on top of the fact that he tracks the ball extremely well, great hands, comes in and out of the route better than anybody. Uh, if they're going to pass on receivers early and, and try to go into that like third or fourth round range, uh, I, I would take Charlie Jones. That would be my guy. Uh, another email here. Uh, we got we got to throw some a uh, little bit of fire. Paul's way. Uh, this is Johnny in Madtown right now. My ears aren't bleeding, and I haven't had to adjust my volume every five seconds, so Paul must have the day off from the pod. <laughs> uh, good to see the kids nice. all in. Great additions, all of them. Especially love Alex's jokes. There you go. Wow, thank jokes. you. Making uh, jokes. You got bad. jokes. Class clown. Um, yeah, he just says if the if the Patriots did move on from Mac, who would the QB be next year? Would they roll with Zappy, mm-hmm. or would they oh draft Anthony Richardson, who uh, has popped up on a mock draft yesterday? That seems that seems like another a, one that's like a pipe dream. I 
I was talking I was talking to someone about this. I think one, if they were to draft a quarterback, like if they kept Mac and they were sold on that, I would see them maybe drafting DTR like late. Oh, we loved we love us late. some DTR. I don't even know how late it's gonna be. I know. That's the thing. But I I, I could see them picking him. Yeah. I, I I really liked him at the Shrine Bowl. I liked like even at the press conferences, he gave me like a very much like Patriot feel. Yeah. He's got, you know, He's a five-year starter at UCLA, mm-hmm. friend of Bill, Chip Kelly, that he played under. But that experience and that polish of mm-hmm. being a multi-year starter and being a little bit older, uh, Mac, Bailey Zappi, senior bowl guys, guys that were around the block a little bit before they came to the pros, uh, that they gravitate towards those types of things. And uh, DTR has got that athleticism to be a little bit more of a mobile passer, runner, uh, than what they have currently on the roster. So if you're looking to just try to spread it around a little bit in terms of skill sets and things like that, uh, that's their guy. I, I can't imagine that if that's the route they want to go, uh, that he's not the pick. I, yeah. I don't know why you would pick. I like Jaron Hall from BYU too in that mold, but I don't know why you would pick that guy uh, in the same spot that you could pick DTR when you worked with DTR yeah. as closely as they did at the Shrine Bowl. And I think if they do pick a quarterback, I don't want one that's already similar to what we already have in Bailey and Mac. Like yeah. I would prefer someone with different skill set. Yeah, uh, a little game here from Tyler for Providence. Keep trade cut. I don't know we go. We do go a little bit off football, oh. which I, I like. Um, That's a good one though. Uh, so keep trade cut. I, I mean, essentially, you're saying which one do you want to keep? Which one do you want to get rid of? Uh, keep trade cut. Barmore Stevenson Duggar. Oh, this is okay. Oh, wow. I get the game now. I'm gonna keep Barmore. Okay. I'm gonna keep Duggar. Yeah, I'm gonna keep Duggar. I'm going to trade Barmore because I think there might be some value. That's absolutely true. And then I'm going to cut Ramondre because he's a running back. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I'm, I'm, I'm same as Evan. I'm same as Evan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure exactly what this means because they're not on the team, but let's just go with it. Juju, Darnell Mooney, and Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it either. But I like Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. Uh, he might be one of those guys just quickly on Brandon Ayuk that – uh, we talk always about like who's the guy that's going to come free that's not going to get the next contract with yeah. the team that he's on. So keep Debo. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, they can't pay all, Kittle, Debo, McCaffrey. Like at some point, somebody is going to fall through the cracks in San Francisco. My my favorite thing about Ayuk is that he replaced Harry. I asked him about Harry yeah. when we were at the combine. You know, oh, that's my guy. You know, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Fourteenth uh, pick. Bijan Robinson, JSN, or Peter Skaronski. Oh, that's tough. I mean, mm. you can't. How do you? You can't like trade the pick or trade the I don't play. know. Who uh, you want? Which one would you pick? Uh, JSN. JSN. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not yeah. close. Uh, in their prime, Aaron Donald, Mike Singletary, <sighs> or Ed Reed. Okay, oh. first of all, Mike Singletary played middle <laughs> linebacker, so out. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, He's scary good though. I love Ed Reed. Ed Reed. Ed Reed. Keep Ed, Ed Reed. Reed. Yeah. I, I trade Donald because you know you get something for him. And, yeah, forget about the middle linebackers. I like no. it, Reed. Um, all right, so this is for the Gen Xer. That's me. Thank you. Not a millennial. <laughs> I am not, in fact, a boomer, as uh, everyone here at work likes to yell at me. But the, Ed Reed is uh, Ed Reed. I'm the no. generation stuck at me. They're throwing Madonna, the B-52s, and Wham! at me, which if you guys have opinions, you can chime in on that. But uh, what, what's, the, what, what's the Wham! song? Wham! Oh, that's all, that's all. That's George Michael. So right, they have that one song though. What's the song? <laughs> yeah, wake me up before you go go. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good song. Yeah, I knew they had a song. Yeah. Um, 
I gotta go with Madonna. I gotta go with Madonna. I would say favorite Madonna song would either be Holiday or Live to Tell. Love Live to Tell, favorite. Um, can't rule out B-52s though. I think they've got some, I know everyone knows Love Shack. Love Shack, right? Yeah. But uh, Rome is a great one as well. I think oh, that yeah. well, that might qualify more that as a little R.E.M. That was the Mary Kate and Ashley soundtrack. Yeah, that's, and that's where I <laughs> probably heard it. Worlds collide. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I like Channel Z too, but the B-50s. But I, you got to go Madonna. I mean, come on, Madonna. It's all iconic. Day. Um, and for the millennials, this is uh, Run the Jewels, Childish Gambino, or Chance the Rapper. Um, that's tough. It's between Chance. And I like Chance. And I guess Childish, childish Gambo- Gambino is the most talented. If oh, hundred like, percent. Acting and all the stuff. But Chance, like, I, is it a hot take to say that Chance had one good album? Because that's kind of how I feel about Chance. One good album. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know he's probably had mixtapes before mm-hmm. Coloring Book, but I feel like he's never really been able to to replicate Coloring Book. But Childish Gambino is, is like a renaissance man, so he doesn't just make music. So It's a Star Wars movie. Yeah, it's been a couple of years since I, I feel like he's come out with, with anything musically. This is America. Was that his last one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. See, I'm hip. I'm cool. It's a great song. <laughs> I need to tell you guys that Paul was texting me J. Cole lyrics. <laughs> oh, What my does that goodness. mean? <laughs> <laughs> he was texting me, like, Can random um, J. Cole because <laughs> he couldn't think of the song that he liked, and he wanted to tell me. So then I got he a random. He can sing it. He just doesn't know what the name of it is. So then I obviously get a random text out of the blue, and it is, one time for my L.A. sisters. <laughs> What's the next lyric there? <laughs> one time for my L.A. Oh, Leave it to Matt to beat that <laughs> <up>. <laughs> Oh, oh my God. boy. That's fun. This is we love J. Cole. And then here. he texted me again the next week because he was sending me an article that me, him, and Mike Reese were talking about. And then he prefaced the article with, first things first, rest in peace, <laughs> Uncle Phil. For, For real. real. <laughs> For Uncle real. Phil from, from, from Fresh uh, Prince? Stop Star? it. Stop <laughs> it. I didn't know he died. I didn't know he died. Stop wait, it. Wait, wait, wait. He died like he died. He died like three years ago, Mike. Really sad. Are you kidding? During COVID, we I missed a lot of deaths during the pandemic. It's okay. He was in art. They all were just oh, adding up, and we all had a lot Wait going a second. On. Uncle oh, Phil died? No. You did not just say I didn't that. know. Oh, at least I knew who he was, right? Do I get any credit for that? Yeah. Uh, oh, I love this. Um, people can't, I don't know if people can see this behind us, but the top available free agents, that was very interesting. Oh, yeah, who we got? Obviously, OBJ's on there. Um, is this, I think Ezekiel Elliott. I missed the first slide, but I think he's still on there somewhere too. Um, but it, it was a pretty extensive list. I'm wondering how many of those people will will find homes. Yeah, they have that. Um, so obviously, the drafted. Once you come away from the draft, you know what you didn't get to mm-hmm. in the draft, and you fill, fill, the, holes. fill the holes. But you also have that deadline of when they stop counting towards the comp pick formula, which I think for OBJ is going to be really, really big because now if you do give OBJ some money, mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't count towards the comp comp picks. Yeah. So that which, that's big for teams. Which also, too, I know the the Hoyer contract was was favorable to the Patriots in terms of just, you know, yeah, dead, some of that money dead well. cap coming off. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm I just hope that we have like a three-headed monster at the end of all this like in terms of like a great you can hope and you can pray and you, you <sighs> i feel know. like we need at least like a vet well here hold hold please because this is a good question okay. that, that'll kind of dig into this alex in englewood englewood new jersey uh love Not the young California. guns crew filling in that's right great <laughs> show appreciate it appreciate you uh two questions is zay someone you need to trade up for or is 14 mm. a good spot to stay at i'm a bc football fan sad life i know <laughs> and zay would be a huge help i mean i I didn't even consider that having to trade up for mm. Zay. I feel like fourteen. He should. He should probably be yeah. there. Yeah, um, he'll be there. 
But I you never if know. the rest of the country is hyping him up as much as we are here just because of BC. Yeah, I think probably not. I think a lot of people aren't but he's worth it. Aren't probably aware of him just simply because like I'm sorry, I would rather watch paint dry than watch BC football play. <laughs> but I think that Uh-oh. he has gained a lot so of traction. ACC blood blood yes. going on. I, over I, here. Do, I have feel like I feel like social media helps <laughs> you see players that you might not usually see on a Saturday. Yeah, because no offense, yeah. like BC football, like I can't even imagine what their ratings are. I know. Well, I'm gonna go watch Holy Cross beat them for the first time in like 40 years. Uh, this year, they're gonna play again for the first time. It's like the rivalry <laughs> has been restored. So I'm going to BC this year. Uh, I think it's the day before the opener, assuming the Patriots open on. There, there's definitely the a, a lot of Zay hype for teams. I would say that are picking at the end of the first round. Mm. Like I, I know, like the a lot of people in Buffalo are praying that he makes it that far down the board oh. so so that they can draft him Keep so bills right uh, the, oh the bills the bills mafia love to like but if he makes it to us like they love that guy every year it's like somebody that's going to be picked like 15 picks yeah. ahead of their pick and they're always like but he's going to make mm. it to 27 it's like no no <laughs> he's not i love when evan scolds bills fans uh yeah Second part of this question, though, which was the part I was, I was going to get at. For each of you, uh, what has to happen in the draft for you to think that this team is headed in the positive direction and is going to win double digits this season? I, I might not say double digits. Mm-hmm. Um, That's it a little take a lot. strong. Um, but I think, I mean, I, you know, to Evan's point, I think, like, look, I – and we're gonna sh- we're gonna do drop our mock drafts tomorrow, and I do think tackles still in that conversation, and I can make a case for that. But I think just to re-energize a fan base locally, mm-hmm. nationally, give Max something to kind of chomp on a little bit. It's 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 a Zay Flowers type move, you know, like yeah. that you know that that is something to bring people out at training camp. I think that with all of these picks that you have available, you cannot waste them on people that no one's ever heard of. Like no offense to like Cole Strange, but like. If I have to sit here and like go deep back in like five rounds to find where Cole Strange oh. was, no. I don't want somebody to chat a new guy. You have all <laughs> these SEC guys, especially if like there were so many other people available that you could have taken. I think they need to use these picks and go after like actual great talent that's played against great competition. Not saying that Cole Strange didn't, but <laughs> well, I'm just no, saying someone say that Sean I can, I can McVay is not going to be laughing. Yeah. Yes, live air. I, I, yeah. Literally like, it laughing needs to be, at us. It needs to be like these picks need to be used on players that are like actual come from actual, actual football brands. Like so don't that's, get like that's the off my, brand like Dollar yeah, Tree version of what we need. That's my my baseline. Yeah, my baseline is that. These need to be name brand. Name brand. Especially the two picks in the top 50. If they want to go on their own board from the third round on, like, it's we're throwing darts as it is. So mm-hmm. if you think your dart is a better dart than my dart, then fine. But when you pick at 14 and 46, those are premium inside yes. the top 50, inside the top 20 of the first round type of picks. And those have got to be name brand blue blood type of players where you're just are saying yes like that's i know who you're talking about i know you're supposed to be drafted here uh you know i know that's the casual fan of this team of of our shows that listens to our shows should be able to say oh yeah i know i know that guy yeah Yeah. if i don't i've never heard of your school before in my life (laughs) there's a problem that's a baseline i don't want it uh, we got we got a great question. I'm going to wrap with. I'm not going to I'm not going to pose that one just yet. We're too far. I got one more uh, pretty good football one, and I'm glad uh, from Richard uh, from Florida who who sent this in because I feel like we spent so much time talking about Mac, the offense, Flowers, all those things. Um, the majority of the time is addressing the average at best offense from last year, which is understandable. But why not discuss the defense and how many games they lost after the offense had them ahead? 
Games like Las Vegas, scoring in the last minute before the infamous lateral. Green Bay game, Pats ahead. Defense allows three straight pass completions while the DBs are 7 We're and not nine blaming the defense. No. Uh, Minnesota game, Pats ahead, then allow the receivers to catch and hoping to tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other others you can think of? I, I Some of those games, special teams lost the game. Like that Minnesota game, like special teams was horrible. I also horrible. just love like, to see – I'm, I wish Paul was here for this discussion because I know he kind of falls on another side of this that he feels that the defense still is further away than I think we all do. And yeah. I know that Deuce and I do just from, yeah. from our conversations. I would love to see the Patriots defense in a position where they don't need to hold the opponent to 17 points to win and the they game. Don't, they're not on the field the whole game. They're, they're burnt right. out. Yeah, if they're you want to blame them for a loss, it's like how burnt out were they at? Yeah. Like, I just feel like there's so much pressure uh, on the defense every time they play one of these good quarterbacks to hold the fort and there's the record speaks for itself when opponents score more than 21 points against mm-hmm. the Patriots they haven't won a game in like two years yeah. when the opponent scores into the 20s so if that if you know that going into every single game that amount of pressure is I think at times insurmountable and you know the emailers point of okay well they you know they didn't hold the fort against Minnesota they weren't able to get the stop against the Raiders like yeah like all those things can be true but I can also point to a million things that the offense did wrong in those games too that even got them Mm -hmm. in those positions or cost them games like in the Raiders game or you know in Cincinnati when Ramondre fumbles at the 10 yard line going in for the game winning score like this can go both ways but I, I just feel like defensively Let's see what it looks like when they actually feel like their offense is going to go toe-to-toe for once with another good quarterback, and uh, they don't need to pitch a shutout against Josh Allen to Mm -hmm. get just to get a win. I I would just love to see that. It was a miracle just to see a touchdown scored in the first, like, first part of the game. Well, they didn't score. Versus seeing a bunch of field goals. The opening drive, their first opening drive touchdown of the year (laughs) was Thanksgiving night in Minnesota. Wild. That's 13 weeks into the season. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time that they took the opening drive, which you practice all week long. You script. That's your game plan, right? That's your their 20, 25 plays that you feel really good about going into a game. And it took them till Thanksgiving to score. I mean, that those are the types of things that I feel like this defense is just always backs against the wall, always behind the eight ball. They're always trailing. Yeah, they they got to get into some games where the defense has a lead, and I think when we see that, they they do unlock that pass rush. You know, Uche and Judon and those guys do get after it against the bad teams when the Patriots play with a lead. So I, I just would like to see that before we go and and sell uh, on the defense. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the last question. I don't know if this is gonna be the last one just because we got a little bit of time left. And of course, stick around. Evan's going four hours straight today. Uh, catch twenty two coming after you, right? And then uh, mock drafts. This is my kind of. And then of we're day. gonna shoot a mock draft video. So the mock drafts will be out tomorrow. There'll be a mock draft video. There'll be big boards, which I mean, we should probably tease this a little bit. I mean, the big boards for us is a big. We were big talking deal. about it last night. That now I have fifty one players. Yeah, because Bijan Robinson is apparently uh, in their radar. But I mean, just for a little bit of context, I mean, we've. I mean, I think this will be my 12th or 13th year doing So it's 50 prospects, your favorite yep. guys, your favorite fits. And it's uh, and for me, when I started doing it, it was like, how can I kind of hold myself accountable? Because I feel like everybody like does, here's mock draft. Here's mock draft 27.3. And, oh, yeah, I got that in mock draft 24.4. You know, like it's just because, yeah. like, all right, that's ridiculous. Like, so every year I'm just like, all right, 50 guys, how many can I get? And last year was the first time in, like, 12 years I didn't get any. Um, <laughs> so I blame, blame Matt Grow uh, for that one. And, and we both – I think we both took Cole Strange off of our big boys. Yeah. Like, so, before. I 
Red Cole Strange, so usually what I do is I, I really try to focus on nailing the top 100. Like, when their first three picks, I just want to get those picks. And uh, I took Cole Strange off because I thought it was a fourth rounder. I, I would love how different so, draft the only night one. would be if we had a GM. Like, not Bill doing both. Like, I, I wonder, like, how much different it would be if a separate person was a GM. I think you just have to pretend Matt Groh was the GM, and that's probably what it would be like. Mm. Like, you have Matt Groh kind of speaking for things, and, you know, it, I don't know, it is what it is. I just point. feel like that, you know, just the little bit of conversations that I've been able to have with Matt Groh is that his – He's he's a college guy through and through. That's how he came up the ranks was area scout and then, you know, director of college scouting and then yeah. uh, director of player personnel. And his just knowledge of the recruiting trail and coaches and people on campus and like things like that that you just need to you you need to have that connection. To like it was like what we were talking about earlier about like knowing the kid and like knowing his mental makeup and mm-hmm. knowing yeah. his attitude, and I I think that's really difficult to do uh, as a head coach slash general manager when Bill all fall is focused on his his own team mm-hmm. and then he switches gears to then going into the draft. Whereas a guy like Matt Groh, you know, those guys are on the road constantly. Uh, they're at these games like they don't just watch guys on TV like we all do. Like they're going to Ohio State and watching Jackson Smith and Jigba play football up close. And then they're going and they're talking to his receivers coach. And then they're talking to, you know, his buddy that he's roommates with. Yeah. Like they just go down that rabbit hole. And I think it's difficult to then come in in January and say, well, these are the best guys I I see on film, but not having that background and that connection. So uh, that's why I'm optimistic. The only reason why I'm optimistic is because when I talk to Macro about the draft, he has that he loves that type of stuff. But like I wonder you how can much weight feel he it. has. Like that's my issue. It's like I wonder when it came to Cole Strange, like where was Matt Grow on that at 14? I mean, at 14. Well, at that pick, yeah. Where was he? And how much did, was like Bill being the GM and the coach, like just trumping the decision? I, I think so the 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 that's my issue. The, my read on the Cole Strange situation Mm -hmm. was that he I think Bill felt like they really needed a guard because of free agency because Ted Karras left they traded Shaq Mason and they created this hole for themselves at guard and I think Bill really felt that they needed a guard and the board that they had stacked had Cole Strange as the best guard on the board so they took the guard but would that be what Matt Groh would do? Probably not, because I think a lot of executives around the league just look at it as talent. Like, let's just grab talent, exactly. right? And so I think Matt Groh would look at it and say, well, our number one rated player on our vertical board is so-and-so. So I think the GM would probably take that player, mm-hmm. whereas the coach looks at it from two different hats of what's where's my biggest hole on my depth chart and what's my board stacked like? We don't have a left guard right now. If the season were to start tomorrow, Cole Strange. That's where I think like having a separate GM would be very helpful. Like I feel like if you had the separate GM, you probably wouldn't have let all those people go to create that big of a hole for you before the draft. I yeah, I just think that the problem that I I agree, and I I think the issue is is that I think where the Patriots are right now, they need to be in a position where 
talent trumps need in exactly. some ex- respects. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because I wouldn't take Bijan Robinson. No. Yes. But no. I, I, at the same time, I feel like talent, they don't have a good enough roster to start worrying about who's going to start at left guard in week one. Mm-hmm. They just need to get the best collection of talent that they possibly can through the draft and then figure out where everybody fits after the fact. So when you're rebuilding like this, that's, that's I think, trumps everything is let's get the best football players in the building and not necessarily think about it from that coaching perspective of building a depth chart. Yeah, like I remember literally being in the draft show and our pick was coming up and the people that i was like so excited about were still available and then we traded back and got cole strange and i was like yeah who was your guy the, the linebacker was it from, was it from uh, florida state yeah flat florida state linebacker i think he had florida florida state? i think the jets took him oh oh jermaine johnson i was sick yeah i was yeah, like jermaine are you johnson. kidding like he was literally still there it was yeah. all falling into she, place I know. still yeah. there like and then we traded back yeah all right so last question and you know famous listener boston cream favorite um very simple direct to the point hello State your Mount Rushmore of desserts. So I love Mount Rushmore of desserts. I love desserts, and I thought this was a good one. And I'm also going to add one part in honor of Boston Cream. What's your What's your favorite donut? Oh, at it doesn't have to be at Dunkin' Donuts, but it could be. If you also, like, Dunkin' does not have the best donuts. Dun- Dun- no, no, Dunkin's no. pretty mid. No, Christmas I know, no, no I know, I, I know, I know, I know. I mean, we'd all love to go to PVD Donuts. You can't say and, Dunkin's mid. They're sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, no, they're and Kenny's already right there. <laughs> Sorry, favorite Kenny. Dessert, favorite dessert. I think I gotta go ice cream. I love ice cream. What? Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I just like uh, just ice cream. Wait, wait. Well, like, no, no, you need to say no, a flavor. No, Cookies and cream yeah. with chocolate jimmies. Oh, I haven't even. I haven't yet, yet, even, I haven't even yet begun. Um, my latest one though that uh, that that my I guess he's like my stepdad Don. I don't know. When your mom gets remarried, when you're in your 40s, do you call the guy your stepdad? It's like he's Don. Love Don. Don peanut butter sundays. Holy crap! Those are delicious. Peanut butter sauce. Mm-hmm. Ice cream and Evan, we're not speaking your language. I know we're, we're going div- dairy heavy here, <laughs> but I, there was a chocolate time where chip I could eat ice dairy cream, chocolate chip life. ice cream, peanut butter sundae. Got to have the whipped cream, cherry nuts. Sign See, me up. I'm weird because I feel like 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 ice cream is complimentary to like the desserts, like and, so, and like that's the, the pie, I would, yeah, like ice cream and cake or pie. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I, I like ice cream is great, but I wouldn't. All right, well, answer the question like, now. What's so? Yeah. What are you picking then? <sighs> I'm torn because I really like <laughs> apple pie. With ice cream, incredible. I love but then it. I, I'm also I love sweet potato pie, but I feel like that's only seasonal. Mm-hmm. And then I also love cheesecake. I, like I'm cheesecake. <sighs> cheesecake is again not something Evan can have, but but something I love. <laughs> like cheesecake, especially at Cheesecake Factory, so there's endless <laughs> flavors. It's just ugh, I can't. Alec, are you ice cream? What I, flavor? I, Specific place? Cookies and cream. I'm not super picky about the place. Yeah. I just like when it's like a real nice hard mm. serve that's nice and creamy, and you can tell it's a quality ice cream. And then it's such an Alex <laughs> answer. You just tell quality. quality. If you think that was an Alex <laughs> answer, wait for this one. Fruit salad, like a oh bowl of fruit, God, is my no. favorite thing in the world. I think I housed my weight in grapes last night. Oh, I love just alert. fresh fruit and fruit salad. Every now and then, for <laughs> whatever. Salad. Your yeah. Mount Rushmore <laughs> of dessert, like it's just fruit salad. salad, ice cream. What are the fruits in so, the salad? Potato though? chips. Yeah. If we ever have a potluck, don't let Alex bring the dessert. No, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fruit salad. I would bake all of you out of your home. Don't have a bake. Uh, I, <laughs> I would like that, but Evan? it has to be dairy free though. Alex. All right, so I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go pre dairy. Who's, who's your Zay Flowers of desserts? Uh, Oreo cheesecake. 
Ooh, Ooh number that's one. great. That's number a great one. call. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, you're you're speaking my language right now. I have, I have a very very bad sweet tooth. Me too. Uh, so I would say Oreo cheesecake. Uh, th- nothing beats a great hot fudge brownie sundae. Like Ooh, that's that's man. just so quality. Good. Chocolate for me. Uh, I really. I'm old school. I've uh, a nice piece of birthday cake is still. <laughs> like really solid yes. to me yes. like some good frosting good marble fun. cake uh, some good frosting uh, uh, i really like that cake. you even don't like marble, marble cake man. you get a little bit of both it's the, the perfect <laughs> scenario <laughs> get a little bit of both how could you not like that <laughs> uh and then it was mount rushmore right so yeah. you gotta go i, I gotta four. do more yeah, yeah well, uh, i need more too i, I I, I do like a nice chocolate fudge cake, like yeah. just Ew. like multi-layer chocolate. Too much chocolate. I just said, yeah, I have a very bad sweet tooth. I yeah. gotta throw one more up, and I and I make it now. Uh, is cookie skillet like making taking a oh taking yeah a, like a hot iron so skillet? Good. Good one. Make the cookie yeah. and then with to the ice thing, put some ice cream on it. So good. And why does it? Why do you? Like, I don't know if you guys agree with this, but I have ice cream. I need whipped cream too. Why do you need ice cream and whipped cream? What is it about the two contrasting textures that make it? Mwah, but I gotta have whipped cream on it. It's a good one. I'd like to and Dunkin' Donuts rules. Sorry. <laughs> I this have the old fashioned. This is not very sweet, but I love Cape Cod. Po- I don't know. I'm a salty girl, I guess. So some Cape Cod potato chips, like just yeah. OG. You go to the factory. Like, like the kettle cooked tour? ones. But yeah. do you yeah. call chips a dessert, though? No. Like, no, that's, that's a dessert. A, it's a, a snack. snack. It's a side with a sandwich, girl. Come on. It's empty bullshit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, crap calories. We got her. We got her. My first swear. Crap. <laughs> Darn it. That's good. All right. Well, we're going to wrap things up. Don't forget to stay tuned. Catch 22 coming up next. And uh, yeah, like we said, three weeks away from the draft, but we are just going to be pumping out stuff for the draft. Mock drafts, big boards, all kinds of analysis. Evan wrote up a thing today. Uh, if you missed it, go check that out as well. And uh, we'll have our guys back on Tuesday. So we'll see you then. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts. The world's original podcast.